This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say, he's asking friends. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi! The city will no longer house asylum seekers at a school gym in Coney Island, but the mayor says he's considering 400 other locations, including Rikers Island. Mayor Adams sounded the alarm about the influx of asylum seekers and the need to consider all housing options, even Rikers Island. Listen, folks, easy. We got this. You know, so I want New Yorkers to know I'm made for this moment. I'm the mayor that this moment calls for, and we're going to navigate through this. One day after California Congressman Robert Garcia tried to force their hand, House Republicans blocked his effort to expel New York Republican George Santos from Congress. Instead, they voted to send Garcia's expulsion resolution to the Ethics Committee, which already is investigating Santos. I think we can look at this very quickly and come to a conclusion on what George Santos did and did not do through ethics, a safe bipartisan committee, equal number of Republicans and Democrats, and I think that's when you bring it back to Congress. President Biden and congressional leaders said they made progress towards a compromise to raise the debt ceiling before June 1st. If they failed to do so, economic experts warn there would be dire financial consequences. The immediate impacts of a default that lasts more than even a few days would likely affect all of us. Even a short default could result in the loss of 500,000 jobs. GDP would also be affected. Even a brief breach could result in a 0.6% GDP decline and launch us into a recession. And he drives one deep left field. That goes really. That ball's out of here. And the game is tied. Off the facing of the second deck, Francisco Alvarez brings the Mets back from the brink with a three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game at five. Alonzo drives one deep left field. Really going back. It's out of here. And the Mets win it. Into the second deck. Alonzo, a three-run shot, and the Mets walk it off for the first time this year. Step by step, hard to
How do you start a day better than this? I just don't know how you do it. I don't know how you start a day in New York City better than a little Martika. You tell me, Lewis, is there any better way to start the day than a little Martika? Toy Soldiers happens to be Martika's birthday today. You know, we, um, on this program at least, we take the music and there's always some significance. It could be an artist's birthday. It could be an on-this-date type of thing. And you don't hear a lot about Martika. In fact, this is the only song I, I remember her or this group doing. And I love this song. I think Eminem even used it in one of his rap songs. Oh, that's right. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah, because Justin just yelled, yeah, and now I remember it. Right. I knew, I knew nothing about her oh, almost. I, I, just this song. I didn't even know. Do you know where she's from even? Martika? I'm going to take a guess. Brighton Beach. <laughs> Canarsie, actually. So is it Canarsie? No. I, uh, how old is she, Martika? I didn't even know she was American. She is 53. She's American? Yeah, she was born in Whittier, California. Wow. And how about that? Yeah. Toy Soldiers. About, I just remember it back from the, <laughs> the 80s, 80s or 90s. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. it. So I get up this morning, and the first thing I do before I check what Eric Adams said last night, or the Mets, of course, just unbelievable drama, City Field in Queens. You talk about the perfect day to go to a Met game. I have not been to a Met game all season long. The Mets have played 44 games. That's like a quarter of the season. I have not been to Queens yet. Today we're going. Me and my son Gabe are going to join Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. He invited us. Lou is coming. Lou Rafino. But you talk about the perfect day to go to a game. The Mets get a three-run home run in the ninth to tie the Rays. And then the Rays get two runs in the top of the tenth. And the Mets get a walk-off three-run home run from Pete Alonzo, who's having an amazing season. He leads the major leagues with 15 home runs. He's fifth in the majors with 36 RBIs. And the Mets win. And they beat the team with the best record in baseball, Tampa Bay. So today's a good day based on that to go to Queens because more than often lately the Mets don't win. But before I checked all of that, I checked my phone. You may remember I told you guys yesterday that I was injured very badly, by the way, very badly. Injured playing basketball with my son, Gabriel. Which reminds me, if you go to my Instagram right now, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, or my Facebook, Sid Rosenberg, there's a video up of my son Gabriel hitting a shot from the top of the key at the basketball courts last night. Nothing but net. And the caption I wrote said, when my beautiful, our beautiful, little boy Gabriel was diagnosed as a little boy, at Miami Children's Hospital with dyspraxia, the doctor said to me, quote, the good news is he will walk, he'll be okay, we know what he's got. The bad news is he'll never lead the league in scoring or hit 300. And I told you this before, I wanted to knock out the doctor right there. Danielle was okay with it, I wanted to kill him. So the caption reads, any comments, Doc? As my son drains a three from the top of the key. But the night before... I went to play ball with Gabriel, and I got hurt. I did something to my hamstring. I bled. I fell down. It was a very, very nasty sight. 
So I get up this morning and I go, well, the good news is, is I've got Lou, I've got Justin, I've got Noam. I got this crew of great guys, extremely talented. One of the reasons why the show does so well is I'm surrounded by talented people, but good people. They actually care about me. I get up, I check my phone, I go, there's going to be at least one, if not two, maybe all three of these guys saying, hey, Sid, hey, boss, how you feeling? Don't start. Yeah. And uh, much to my surprise, of course, there was a text here. Let me see. There's a text here from Mayor Eric Adams. This is the truth. There's a test, uh, text from Tom Kniff, who's the attorney for um, Daniel Penny. There's a text from Anthony Carone. There's a text from Chris Olivero. There's a text from Rosanna Scotto. A text from Janine Pirro. And I couldn't find any texts from Lou or, or Justin or Noam. Hey, how you feeling? Not, I couldn't find anything, so maybe it just didn't go through. Maybe you guys wrote something and forgot to hit send. That happens. I do that once in a while, you know. And then it occurred to me that these son of a bitches, these bastards, they don't care. And as great as Lou is, Lou is the most talented, greatest board op in the history of board opping. His career was over. He was at WOR. That is a cemetery. Working with Len Berman and Michael Riedel, which I'm going to say this, is the worst morning show in the history of radio. And who saved Lou's legendary ass? Me. Gnome, same thing. He's doing news at WOR. They can't get a two. Worst morning show ever. They wouldn't even put these guys on the air. Now Gnome's here. He's doing Gnome's nuggets. He's, he's a big star again. And who's to thank for all of that? Me. So I just, I just, I'm just trying to figure out why there seems to be this disconnect and nobody on this show cares about me. I just see so you know, I don't feel great this morning either, but clearly you guys don't care. Just, can anybody argue what I just said about, especially your careers, lower known, the trajectory, the uh, trajectory you're going on, working at W Walk, can you argue any of that? Somebody? Um. It's tough to argue that point, actually, because the chronology is correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't dispute where we came from. That's <laughs> no, hard, unless yeah. Noam has something I don't know about. But uh, um, No, I don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we still text each other joking about what happened there. <laughs> He'll tell me, hey, I just heard the doctor on that uh, is still on with them every week. <laughs> just, oh. I'm... No, I'm uh, I'm I'm very happy you uh, saved me. Yeah, I've told you that a couple of times. Yes, you too. have. You have sent me some very very beautiful texts. <laughs> I think I just forgot to hit send. So I think that's what should... it was because uh, uh, remarkably, two minutes ago, at exactly six twelve a.m. this morning, I received a text from Lewis. Oh, cool! Right, <laughs> and it read. How's your leg, Mr. Sid? <laughs> All right, that's it. I don't know. Sometimes my phone is very wonky. I don't know what happened. I was having problems today, too. Yeah, so maybe it's something in here. Oh, it's know. a phone thing. Yeah. So it wasn't like when you guys woke up this morning, I wasn't the first thing you thought of. You did, but you just, there were issues. Of course. All right. I actually woke up a few times last night 
like I, I couldn't sleep because I was so worried <laughs> about your leg. I don't know about you. I'm feeling a little tired too. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. No, that'll happen a lot. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You can't sleep. Okay. Yeah. And then, well, now uh, you've all explained it away, and now I feel a heck of a lot better. Thank you. I figured it was something like that. It couldn't be. You just don't care. I mean, that's nonsense. That's crazy. Okay, right? I mean, why would you entertain that idea? That's <laughs> completely the furthest thing from the planet. Are you kidding? Uh, what I said is on my mind three quarters of my day. Well, I appreciate that. Of course. Well, the next two days, Louis, you're going to be spending a lot of time with me outside the radio station. Rumors are you're going to join me, Gabe, and Pete Morgan at the Met game today. And then rumors are you're going to be at this huge Oh the Pain podcast starring me and Joe Beningo. It's his podcast at the Hackensack Brewery tomorrow night in New Jersey. Are both of those things true? Bro, I, I, I can't dispute that, bro. Wow. I can't. I can't. Rumors could be true. Wow. See, I love hanging out with you outside the office, so that's yeah. exciting to me. And if you, you know, you let me know whatever you need for your leg, for your pain, you need extra pills. <laughs> I'll make sure I stop along what the way. You need extra pills. I need the first pill. Okay. Extra I've... pills. Uh, that that implies I've had pills already. Well, you, you might need a, a a big supply. I need a big words. supply. Yes, that's fine. Yeah. You just let me know. <laughs> yeah. If I don't text you back, you know I'm coming. Okay. With well, the, thank you for that. Of course. So I was railing yesterday on the show, yelling and screaming, that if you're a parent and your child goes to one of these schools where the city decided to drop these illegals at the gymnasium, you should go out there and raise hell, yell and scream and curse out everybody. Use the upward, I don't care. Curse out Kathy Hochul. Curse out Eric Adams, despite uh, him playing really both sides of the aisle. Curse out everybody. I don't care. Biden, for sure. Curse out Joe Biden. And uh, go nuts. And as it turns out now, the uh, the Coney Island gym, that's not going to happen. They took those illegals and put them in some building in Midtown. So what do we learn here so far? Ed Day up in Rockland County, he said no, and then he actually threatened the mayor with physical violence. And guess what? The illegals never got to Rockland County. You brave parents out there in Brooklyn yelling and screaming, God, I love all of you. I wish you would all call in today. I'll cancel every guest. Well, not every one of them, but a couple. To get you guys on, you yelled and screamed, and now those illegals are out of the gym in Coney Island and in a Manhattan uh, office building. So the moral of the story is, every now and then, yell and scream. Now, I'm on record just a week ago saying, I can't stand protests anymore. And even though it's a part of our First Amendment, I'd almost be okay with abolishing protests, because they turn out to be violent, and the people who usually, usually are doing the protesting are Democrats. We don't do that. Republicans, we just don't do that. And Democrats... They can't control themselves. It becomes one long criminal activity. It just does every time. I don't care if there's 500 people and 400 are great. There's always a couple of jerk-offs that make it into a long, violent night. So on one hand, I say abolish those protests. But on the other hand, I'm saying, way to go, parents. You stepped up. You got it done. And now that gym in Coney Island, it ain't happening. Let's play some of these uh, concerned parents in Brooklyn. This is a compilation that Justin Ellick put together this morning. This, Lou Rapino, is cut number nine, Parents, Moms and Dads Saving Our City. 
I think it's a bad situation all around. It's not good for the migrants. It's not good for our school here. They don't have IDs. How are they going to go in without not even a background check or what's even their last name? Not enough bathrooms, not enough space. It's, there's other places to put them. No, they say it's last resort, but Parslope Armory, Bed Bath & Beyond over there. Why can't other states also be a spot? There's all these places they can put them. So they're using children as a political statement to house people where they can put them somewhere else. Our children deserve to have the academics up to par, you understand? How are we going to do that when our kids is having to worry about who they around and we're going to get hurt? And our teachers as well are having to suffer because now they're stuck in a position where they can't even help our kids get help. I love that lady. Give them your home. So Eric Adams spoke quite a bit yesterday, press conferences all over the city. The first piece of news, which some found shocking, I didn't. I think he's even giving us a lower number than it really is. He talked about how the hotel rooms now half capacity because of the illegals. This is Mayor Eric Adams, Lewis, cut number one. Almost half of all hotel rooms now are taken up by asylum seekers. Think about that. You know, this is so, I'm not sure what it's going to take before people hear what I am saying that, uh, you know, we're going to wait until we're too far gone. This is what we were trying to prevent. We were trying to prevent this. And now we're here, and I'm happy to see that everyone appears to be saying, okay, there's a real issue here. He went on to talk, too, about Rikers Island, something I've been saying for weeks on this show, right? Rikers Island, all that acreage out there. We talked at one point about putting the homeless people on Rikers Island. How about these illegals? Why not? Mayor Eric Adams, cut number seven. You know, why is the city considering Rikers and school gyms as opposed to what you guys have traditionally done so far, which is to, you know, use hotels to house the Rikers? Okay, first, um, uh, you say we're considering Rikers. Uh, as I stated, that, you know, when we decide where we're going to go, we're going to go, and we're going to let you know. So I, I, we shouldn't speculate what we're considering other than everything is being considered. And this is a cut that's really going to get Curtis Sliwa's blood boiling. He's set to join me, our first guest, coming up in about 20 minutes, nice and early this morning at 640. Don't you worry, folks. Don't you worry about illegals, not vetted, who knows, could be some perverts, some real sick bastards. I'm sure most are great people, but who knows. But don't you worry, because we've got the right guy on the job. Because as the mayor is about to tell you, he was built for this. Mayor Eric Adams, cut number eight. Listen, folks, easy. We got this. You know, so I want New Yorkers to know I'm made for this moment. I'm the mayor that this moment calls for, and we're going to navigate through this. <laughs> I am made for this moment. I am the mayor. <laughs> that New York. <laughs> 
Don't uh, you worry. I could hear Curtis's laugh. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Curtis gets us going. It's a great guest list. Thursdays are always an amazing show. Curtis Sliwa coming up at 640. We're going to talk to one of the stars of Shark Tank. Their season finale is this week. They've already renewed for next season. Barbara Corcoran will join us at 705. Judge Napolitano, his regular Thursday visit coming up at 740. My friend Monica Crowley on debt ceilings and economy coming up at 825. The great one himself, it ain't Mark Levin. The great one is Big Bad Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. And my dear friend, who now all of a sudden is a major part of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, Bo Edel, live in studio, will explain all of it. Keep it right here, folks. It's New York's favorite talk show. That's us, sitting friends in the morning. Right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Radio. You know, we um, we had a great event last night. A.J. Katsimatidis, John and Margot's beautiful daughter. She's a member, or she maybe even started, I don't even know, of the Liberty Club, which is a great Republican club. So right across the street at my dear friend Jack's restaurant, Empire Steakhouse, we had a book signing last night. John Katsimatidis, great book, going to teach you how to make a billion dollars, folks. And he knows, because he's done it. And it was a lovely event. John was there and Margot and uh, both children, great kids, A.J. and John Jr., great kids. And Chad Lopez and Emily. And who else was there last night? Rita was there last night as well. Uh, Doug and Stephanie were there, Dan Herschel. And Dr. Judy was there. That was a big deal for me. And it was great. 
sat down and me and A.J. basically interviewed her father about the book. Everything from why he wrote it, great stories he told about his parents and flying airplanes. It, it was great. John Katzmatidis last night wasn't good. He was great. Got all emotional. He was funny. He was smart. And it was last night. I mean, I didn't get home until about 9 o'clock last night. That's kind of late for me. But I loved it. It was great. So thank you to John and Margo and specifically their lovely daughter, A.J. Katzmatidis. But when John walked in, he was all excited because he had news from his show, which I just ended, Katz and Cosby, 5 p.m. every weeknight about the future of AM radio. You know Mark Chernoff, for example, the man who ran WFAN for forever. He was on a couple of weeks ago talking about how he hopes AM radio doesn't go away because the rumors are these new cars, not just rumors, but electric cars and companies like Ford, they're not going to include AM radios anymore in their cars. And John Katzmatidis, who wrote a great op-ed a couple of weeks ago in the New York Post, has made it, well, one of his uh, crusades to make sure that AM stays in cars. Even Mike Pence helped out John. So Howard Stern was actually talking about this just yesterday. Now, Howard, of course, is on Sirius XM and a lot of years on FM radio, K-Rock, but he can certainly appreciate what AM radio has meant to the industry, both past and future. So let's go back to yesterday's Howard Stern show on Sirius XM, him, Robin, talking about AM radio. This kind of freaked me out. I was I was reading an article how, how like a lot of car manufacturing companies now are eliminating AM radio from the radios. Yes, yes that's uh, it was announced a while ago, and now it's actually happening. They're just not going to put an AM radio in there. I think that's wrong. I'll tell you why. Because uh, I'm a fan of AM. Like, okay, I don't listen to AM radio anymore. I don't listen to any radio. I listen to satellite. I really mm-hmm. do not listen to radio. I'm but I same. also don't, I don't drive a lot. And sometimes, like, talk shows and stuff are kind of cool on AM radio. And I don't know. It seems to me they're... See, I'm one of those believers that AM radio could have a resurgence if they got the right people Thinking outside the box with that thing. It's like a kind of an interesting medium. Now, if car well, I dealers. I think that one of the things that has happened, Howard, is that AM radio stations are often owned by companies that have an FM station in the same town, and sometimes they just simulcast. Yeah, but this is like. Um, uh, programming on the say, you know, on each station. To me, it's like, um, like, you know how, like, a lot of cab drivers in New York have, like, lost money because they bought those medallion licenses because Uber's around now. And it's like, what about all those guys who bought AM radio stations? And if they're not available in car, I mean, that's it. The game is over. That's where people listen to AM radio. They don't listen to it Well, you know, I don't think... Well, here's the good news. AM radio is still here. I get huge ratings. Huge. As I told folks last night, it's true. I basically triple... Sean Hannity's ratings every day. Triple. Not beat them, not double, triple. AM is alive and well. And the good news is, to Howard, Robin, Mark Chernoff, and others, yesterday on the Katz and Cosby show, John had Dave Donovan on, and he talked about a piece of legislation, bipartisan 
legislation that will just about ensure that shows like this will stay on AM radio and be alive. Don't get me wrong. I would love for John Katzmatidis to go buy an FM signal. I would love that. And I would like to be, like they talked about, simulcast on both. That's what FAN does. That's what ESPN does. That's what 1010 Wins does. All of them. They're on AM and FM. But right now, WABC is a very, very healthy AM station in New York. And AM radio remains very important to not just emergency announcements, but to creativity and freedoms across the land. This is Dave Donovan, courtesy of Katz and Cosby last night, with some good news about AM Radio Lewis, cut number 14. This is great news for AM listeners, for your listeners and other, and the 82 million people in the United States that rely on AM. Um, A bill was introduced today called the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act. And as you said, it was a bipartisan bill in both the House and the Senate. And if you look at this, in the Senate, it was introduced by Ed Markey and endorsed by Ted Cruz. <laughs> it was signed on to by um, Senator Ben Ray Lujan, out of Democrat out of New Mexico, and also signed on to by J.D. Vance, Republican out of Ohio. <laughs> Timmy Baldwin is on there as a Democrat out of Wisconsin. And Deb Fisher, Republican out of Nebraska in the House. Josh Goffmeyer out of, uh, as you have, you've had on the, the station before, Republican out of New Jersey. But you also have Rob Menendez, Democrat out of New Jersey, has signed on. Well, there it is. He named about six or seven names, equal Republicans and Democrats, bipartisan folks. People want AM radios in their cars, and we're going to get it. All right, we got a long list of great guests about to come your way. The first two terrific, Curtis Sliwa and one of the stars of Shark Tank, Baba Cochran, stopping by. Also, Joe Nolan with traffic. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is from the Dominic Carter Show. Here Dominic talks about... New Migrant Housing. President of Local 237, uh, the Teamsters President Gregory Floyd has filed a complaint about the opening up of school gyms for migrants with the city's Office of Labor Relations asking the Adams administration to cease and desist with the housing of migrants in city schools. The complaint says school safety agents aren't equipped to handle this population and that the move violates collective bargaining agreement. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. 
Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionShankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. We'll start uh, big extra inning winning Queens for the Mets. They best of the Tampa Bay Rays in 10 by score of 8 to 7. A uh, real and late once again. Starting with, uh, staring their third straight loss in the face and with a three-run deficit in the ninth. Francisco Alvarez tied it in the ninth with a three-run shot before Pete Alonso won it in the tenth with one of his own. And the Mets will have a chance to take the series against the MLB best Rays in the rubber match set for 1.10 p.m. this afternoon. Tyler McGill will get the start against Tampa's Taj Bradley. As for the Yankees, the bats went cold up north in Toronto and route to a 3 nothing loss in 10, squandering another very solid outing of the ace Garrett Cole. Cole went six strong, shutout innings, but Toronto's Chris Bassett countered with an even better outing, leaving zeros on the board until Danny Jensen's three-run walk-off homer in the bottom of the 10th. The Yankees still have a shot at winning the series in the finale tonight at 7.07. Nasty Nestor Cortez is set to take the hill against Toronto's Jose Barrios. Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat went into Boston and stole game one of the East Finals against the Celtics. Final score being 123-116. to The Lakers and Nuggets are back in action in the West Finals tonight with an 8.30 p.m. tip-off for game two and Denver leading the series at one game to none. And on the ice tonight, game one of the East Final between the Florida Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes is set for an 8 p.m. in Carolina. Your sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, Pavilion Tankless.com. Find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Listen, folks, easy. We got this. You know, so I want New Yorkers to know I'm made for this moment. I'm the mayor that this moment calls for, and we're going to navigate through this. Two Donna Summer songs in a row on the radio on this one. Love to love you, baby. That yesterday was the actual anniversary. Holly Osorio, fan of the show, tells me this of Donna Summer's passing. I didn't know that. Of course, you heard there from Eric Adams. He's the mayor. He's the man for this job. Now, the reason why we're playing this song is that Curtis Sliwa, who has just been unbelievable, even Bo Dito yesterday was doing the wave when Curtis walked in. And Curtis now, I've upped his uh, shifts to four days a week on this show because he's become so valuable, not just to me, but to all of New York. And he said a couple of days ago, Sid, I got the next place they're going to. And it turned out to be the Q Motor Inn. I think we've all been there at least once, the Tarzan room, the jungle room, put on Jane's outfit, had the rope. That's why Donna Summer, Love to Love You Baby, made sense. But Curtis was right again, and Curtis has been right all along. So with that said, he's usually on at 7.05. But Barbara Corcoran, we did a book earlier this week from Shark Tank. So Curtis is kind enough to join me this morning right now at 6.45. Good morning, Curtis. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Sid. And uh, I'm here to let you know that we're putting you on the 10-day IL list, the injured list. Yeah, I'm hurt. You're moaning and groaning so much. You were like Willis Street, Game 7, Lakers, Chamberlain, Baylor, West versus Willis there, center court. You know where I made that reference? And I know you listen all day. I actually did compare myself to a limping Willis Reed Game 7, not on this show, 
But on Brian Kilmeade's show, later on in the day yesterday, on 200 stations across America, so clearly you were still listening. Oh, absolutely, and Dr. Mikolos listens, <laughs> and he immediately called John Katsimatidis, who called Matt Meany and said, look, if the guy continues to be moaning and groaning and schlepping around, put him on the IL list for 10 days and put Curtis in there for 10 days. And I said, you got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So don't be confused that now Curtis and I obviously becoming closer and closer. I've upped his day shifts now to four days a week. We text each other all day. We're very quick to exchange pleasantries. But don't confuse the issue. Curtis would walk over my dead body in one second to grab this morning show. Without a doubt. And I'd give you the best eulogy you ever had before. I said, my very dear friend, but, you know, it's time. Certain people have to go. It's going to happen to me. Come see, come saw. Bon voyage. You know, you know how this business is. Come I on. do. Yes, I do. Yeah, oh, we love one another. You know, every time at the end of my segment, you should see. Sid Rosenberg comes up to me, and he grabs my tuchus, I my know. dupa. Yes. And I'm like, yo, this... Oh, oh, i got to be honest, you got a very sexy ass for me. I understand that, but yeah. I was afraid you were going to grab me over the Q motor in there. <laughs> in uh, Q Gardens Hills. <laughs> By the way, um, uh, my wife is here, Nancy, if you see her over there. Oh, hi, Nancy. How's we, she feeling, by the way? Oh, well, we're going to a doctor's appointment after we sit with you because she's had some coronary issues. But she has worked morning, noon, and night to cold bust these owners and operators of hotel, no-tells, Holiday Inn without an express, who hide behind LLCs, run to City Hall where Eric Adams says, I'm Monty Hall, let's make a deal. And they sign lease after lease after lease. And yesterday, we cold busted Quang Nam Park. What's that now? Quangnam Park. <laughs> okay. The owner of SNI Property Management LLC, uh, owner of uh, the Q Garden Hills Q Motor Inn. <laughs> yeah. As you mentioned, uh, that had the Tarzan room. I've been there. Short uh, stay uh, back in my day was about $55, and that did include the dirty movies. By the way, uh, talking about dirty movies, there's a chance that your room has been featured in a movie, most likely an adult film. <laughs> Just ask Noam Layden there. <laughs> who brought a Peruvian hot-to-trot femme fatale there. Almost every guy did. 1969, you saw the disco ball, the uh, waterbeds, vibrating yes, waterbeds. Yes. I mean, and, and the bar downstairs where yes. you would check in the bar, whatever you delight. And if you came in and you were checking in by yourself because you just didn't have any luck, all of a sudden some friendly pimp would walk up to you and say, what is your desire? What do you what do you have as a choice? Man, woman, or frozen <laughs> yeah. vegetable, they can provide it. No, it's true. Back in those days when I was a teen, these uh these motels, they were a big deal. They may still be, I don't know, I'm an old man, I'm married thirty one years, but there were three specifically that I made my way to often. This was before Danielle, sweetheart. I'm not gonna uh, put you in one of those rooms, trust me. Oh, maybe you were, but who cares? Um it was a Q motor in. It was the Windjammer Motor Inn in Sheepshead Bay and the Golden Gate right off the Belt Parkway in Brooklyn. Those three specifically was where I spent many a Saturday night. And many. you knew you knew it if they had an anchored TV remote 
because <laughs> they didn't want the customers leaving with the TV remote. Or they always left tissues around, Kleenex boxes, which you could stuff into the peepholes for extra privacy because they're always pervs looking in. Yeah. And there was the pervasive odor of stale cigarette smoke yes. everywhere. Carpets from, like, Kaufman Carpets first sale, like, in the 1970s. And the bathrooms had towels that smelled like burnt hair with grimy shower heads, mildew cake shower tub combos. Come on, Sid, you remember well, that. You know what's funny? As you're painting this picture, which is supposed to be grotesque, I'm missing every second of oh, it. Of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> I remember going to the Windjammer, and uh, I was so excited because it was my birthday. And my birthday is April the 19th, and I actually stayed in room 419. And I carved into the wall, I'm here on my birthday. It does not get better than this. Oh, and let me tell you something. They had a heart attack when I dropped this information. The Q motor in Quang Nam Park. <laughs> now, is he Chinese or uh, Korean? No, Korean. Korean, okay. And uh, his son, Irwin Park. How did he get a name like Irwin? Irwin right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe intermarried. He went to New York. He became you know. Jewish. Yeah, exactly. The owner of S&I Property Management, <laughs> LLC. Was in negotiations with the Eric Adams administration. Well, you say negotiations because uh, I actually did give you credit yeah. on Kill Me Show yesterday nationally. And I said, listen, you got to follow the money, which is what you tell me all the time, Curtis. And you're going to find a lot of these LLCs, nameless, baseless LLCs, are owned by folks who donate to people like Kathy Hochul, Eric Adams. Now, I said this. On 200 radio stations yesterday, and yes, I did say you were the one who gave me this info. Are you 1,000% sure, Curtis Sliwa, that a lot of these hotels are, in fact, in bed with the mayor? Oh, that's an excellent. Uh, uh, Thank uh, you very The much. vision of that, though, I mean, uh, <laughs> anyway, first of all, my wife is a e-attorney and has dealt in real estate law, so she does a deep dive. And this one was difficult. We had to go through layers of kimchi in order to get to this guy <laughs> and his son. His son, Irwin Park, right? You would look at that, Irwin. Is he a Jewish Korean guy? But anyway, the point being is they own a number of properties. They had just purchased a property for $10 million through the New York City Economic Development Corporation. <laughs> I wonder who got wine dining in the parking lot. And for years... Their protector, when the cops would come and padlock, and I'm sure there were times you went to the Q Motor and they would say, we're out of business for the next yes. three months. We'll be in criminal court. Well, a couple nights, but yeah. The former Senator Tony Avella, who when asked, well, what, what about your friend, Kwong Nam Park? Well, he wasn't there when all the employees were taking out the pimps and the prostitutes on the Jay-Z Jane Perp walk. So he's been protected by Democrats. This new councilman, Jim Gennaro, by the way, that, that Tony Avella, He's running against Vicky Palladino. He declared himself the city councilman in exile when he lost her. It's all about the money. Follow the money as they protect us. And Eric Adams basically is saying, you got property anywhere, Poughkeepsie, to Plattsburgh, anywhere in New York State, come. Let's make a deal. Were you surprised that the parents actually did a good enough job to make the city change their mind on the Brooklyn Gymnasium and instead put these illegals 
in a midtown Manhattan big building. Were you surprised to see that? Yeah, in the worst place, Penn Station, right? Where we remember you said, used to be like dawn of the dead, zombies roaming about. Why would you put them over there? If they got kids, you do not want them anywhere near Penn Station. Anyway, guys, you know, shooting up, guys physically manipulating their three-piece set. I'm not talking about a knife, spoon, and fork out there. You're going to put them over there. But anyway, to uh, PS188 in Coney Island, and I told you, Eric Kagan, city councilman who's fighting Justin Brennan, we got to get Justin Brennan out of office because he lied to you. He lied to the parents. He goes, I- I'm confused. I- he knew all about that this was going to happen. Antonio Reynosa, the Brooklyn Borough president, was cheering it on. Yeah. And Eric Kagan fired the first shot, got the parents there, and all, all of these uh, Illegals were moved out yesterday. Meantime, I was at PS 172 last night. That's right in Sunset th- Park, that's right? right? Right at 30th and 4th Avenue, across from the precinct. All the parents were there. Immigrant parents from Mexico, from South America, whose kids go there, and they were saying, no, they may be from my former country, but they haven't been vetted. They could be pedophiles, sexual assaulters. Have they been vaccinated? We had to get vaccinated. Were they vaccinated? Did they get any medical treatment? Absolutely. And they were all staying 24 hours. And the cops were telling them, you can go. The mayor's not going to put any more illegal aliens here. Say, we don't trust this mayor. And I said, because the swagger man has, and they said in Spanish, no plan. <laughs> this was great. You see the video. I had them all riled I up and fired it up. It was great. It was great. And at the same time, the mayor, I believe, was having a fundraiser. Rudy Giuliani's Democrat cousin. People forget Rudy's got a Democrat daughter. Rudy's got a Democrat cousin who shares his same name, but he's got a middle initial. He was having a fundraiser at his house, I guess, in Flushing, Queens, for the mayor last night. And I believe that you had folks on the scene there as well. Oh, my God. It was a line of Republican realtors who were going in to pay tribute to Eric Adams with $2,100 checks, which is the max. And you know what happened, because it's not City Hall, it's not a government building. You present the check to the man for his re-election. The chutzpah, the culions, the huevos, to be running for re-election, getting wine dine a bucket line. And then all of a sudden he would say, oh, you have property? See my aide-de-camp right here. Let's make a deal. I'm Monty Hall. What do disgraziate? Rudy E. Giuliani, Catherine Giuliani, you should impale yourself. And then they used the name Giuliani. So all the Republicans thought, oh, it's the lobbying company RG. Rudy Giuliani, no. No, Republicans, if you're going to support Eric Adams, you are ultraditor. You are a Judas. So while Eric Adams is taking these monies and uh, running again, thinking, of course, there's no obstacle in the way, here's your opportunity again, Curtis Sliwa, to let those people here in New York City who love you like me and Eric Adams know you're going to do this again. And next time, New Yorkers, they're going to vote you as the next mayor of New York City. Oh, Sid Rosenberg. Oh, my God. I get the endorsement of Sid. It's pre- this is better than premature. Oh, I tried to feel like that. Oh, my God. I've been sexually satisfied by Sid Rosenberg. Premature, manly, man-to-man manipulation. Oh, thank you, Sid. Thank you. I'm starting my day on such a high note. In all seriousness, good luck to Nancy, your beautiful wife sitting out here in the newsroom. Good luck to her. 
and continue doing what you're doing. It may go to five days a week by the time we get to tomorrow. Curtis Sliwa, 705 every weekday. Kind enough to join us at 645 this morning. Doing all the hard work for you New Yorkers out there and giving you the truth every morning on what the city is really doing to you. God love Curtis Sliwa. Hour number two, coming right at you. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Straits, money for nothing, and your chicks for free. I wonder if Barbara Corkman agrees that that's even a possibility somewhere. Money for nothing, and your chicks for free. Curtis Sleba was terrific just now. We'll talk to Judge Andrew Napolitano today, Monica Crowley, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, great show. But I do want to tell you that Shark Tank, which is a hugely, immensely popular show, which I do watch, it's on Friday nights, streams on Hulu. It's on ABC, of course. They're about to have their season finale this Friday. But the good news is, this week, ABC announced it has renewed Shark Tank for a 15th season. 15th season. Mark Cuban, Kevin O'Leary, you know all the stars. Damon, you've got Lori, you've got Robert, and you've got this fine lady who I just mentioned, Barbara Corcoran. And she joins me for the first time this morning, making her debut on Sid and Friends in the Morning, one of the stars of Shark Tank. Good morning, Barbara. How are you? Good morning, Sid. You sound wildly enthusiastic today, right? Uh, that's me every day. That's why I get huge ratings. <laughs> <laughs> huge. You must, you must drive your crazy, your wife absolutely crazy in the morning. You know what's funny? It's funny you say that because that seems to be the misconception everywhere. They're like, Danielle, oh. he's got to be wild. And I have to tell you, for four hours a day, Barbara, I get paid to speak. The other 20 hours a day, 
I'm kind of quiet. I'm kind of quiet. Like, yeah, I thought you were going to say I get paid to listen to my wife. <laughs> well, well, that's true, too, yes. I'll be married 31 years in June. That ain't easy. Let me tell you, 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 can, you, you can give out all the economic advice you want. I don't know if you, Kevin, and Mark can figure out a way to make marriages last 31 years. but No, it's very hard to do. Yeah, she's, she's a wonderful about lady. It too. Yeah, that's great. She's a wonderful lady. and But I'm actually very quiet outside of this, and that's why sometimes I wow. watch your show. And I see these these people, and they get up there and they put on this extravagant, you know, real extravagant, uh, you know, showcase for you guys in an effort to make you guys invest in their companies. And I said to myself, I don't know if I, Mister Ratings, New York City, I don't know if I can do that. But they do do it, and every now and then they get to you. Oh yeah, they they get our money if they if they do a good job. Absolutely. People say to me when you say they get our money. And, you know, for the first couple of seasons, now we know, of course, it's going on season 15. It's the real deal. But for the first couple of seasons, they would say, well, how do we know if, if they really gave them the money? You know, they they, 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 they talk about the yeah. <laughs> uh, But I guess at this point, after 15 seasons, we would know. So you guys, what, what do you think you hand out money-wise every year, every uh, season, I should say? Well, it depends on the season. For myself, I, I generally spend somewhere between a million and two. I like to keep it there because most of the deals we buy, you lose your money on. So you're really hoping to get us a, a good one somewhere along the way to make up the losses on the ones you've you've built that that you thought were going to be good, but you've misjudged. And it happens all the time. You think after 13, 14 years, you'd really get good at it and be able to be accurate. Forget about it. It's just not that kind of business. You got to lose a lot of money to make a little bit of money. You know, the man that owns this radio station, Barbara, uh, has made a lot of money. In fact, I would venture to say more than anybody on Shark Tank, which says a lot. He's made over $4 wow, billion. Huh? Dollars. His name is John Katsimatidis. you kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Why doesn't he come on Shark Tank? That's some other <laughs> he, idea. He should. He actually just wrote a book. I'm serious. And uh, the wow. joke is, of course, if you read my book, you'll make your first billion dollars. You've heard of John Katsimatidis, yes? Yes, I have, but I didn't know he made that kind of money. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, he made that Good type of him. money. Yeah, he's a brilliant businessman. Brilliant. Is he a nice guy? He is the sweetest. You better say yes. Well, he's my boss, of course. But No, but I've, yeah. I've called my bosses pricks in the past. I don't care. <laughs> but not him. He's a sweet guy. Uh, but but you, how did you uh, garner all this success? What have you done uh, your life to make this type of money? Well, I made my money in the real estate game, you know, right here in New York City, your hometown. And you can make a lot of money in real estate if you play your cards right. There's people making great livings every day, but I was lucky enough that didn't I didn't like working for someone, so I'd work for myself. And before I knew it, well, it wasn't before I knew it, it took me almost 20 years, I built a giant company called the Corcoran Group right here in town. And then I sold that, and I've taken that money, and I've reinvested it in all these Shark Tank deals. Now, where do you live now? You're out, you're out of New York, obviously. Yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in Manhattan. I love the city. I would never leave this town. It could be falling apart. I'd be the last man standing, no doubt. No, I live on the Upper East Side, and I just love everything about the town, even the dirt and the problems. I was going to say. cleaning and the yeah. grumpiness. I yeah. like it all, yeah. You said it could be falling apart. Barbara, it is falling apart. <laughs> it well, is. No, I've heard that my whole life. I've heard that this is not what it used to be. It's certainly we've had our good chapters, our bad chapters, but the city rolls on. It's here for good. It doesn't go anywhere. I've heard the most dire predictions all along the way since I came to the city at 21, and I've never seen any of them come out, really. Well, let's talk about real estate specifically, because we know that the interest rates are through the roof right now. And I speak to yeah. both residential and commercial folks on this show, people like Suzanne Miller, Corey Zelnick, 
And uh, they, they tend to be relatively optimistic, but that's their job. The consumer, the people on the street, they're scared to death to buy anything these days. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think they're justified because if they had bought anything, say, two, even two years ago, barely two years ago, they would have had half the interest rate, which meant that their payments would have doubled in two years. So wouldn't you hesitate if you were thinking about buying it when you know that your neighbor just bought the same place and is paying half as much as you? Everybody's just holding tight and, and waiting to see what's going to happen. But the truth of the matter is it's not going to get any better because when the interest rates drop down again, I've seen it again and again, everybody charges the market and prices jump right up. So you, you're going to get hit with the high interest rates or you're going to get hit with higher prices. But you can pick your evil, but you're going to get one or the other because I, it's just never really an ideal time to buy. Right. I got lucky. I bought my house in uh, on the water in uh, Queens wow. in Bell Harbor. Wow. Right. Wow. I, I mean, Barbara, a week before they started wow. raising interest rates. So I got wow. lucky. How yeah. lucky you are. Yeah, I wow. am. Barbara Corcoran, of course, Shark Tank, uh, this Friday, 8 p.m. season finale, but they're coming back for a uh, season 15. Of all these folks, I mentioned Mark Cuban. These are big names. Kevin O'Leary, uh, of course, uh, the other female on the program uh, besides you, Lori. Uh, are these people, Lori. yeah, are they close friends of yours off the air, off the show? Uh, we we like each other 90% of the time when we don't like each other because somebody did a dirty deed on the show. Then the minute we have a drink after the show at night, everybody's friends again. But there are times when we would really want to kill each other behind the scenes, definitely. Oh, for real, right? I mean, people I, play it dirty. Yeah. yeah. People play it dirty. They're trying to get a deal. And a lot of that's cut out for the viewer at home. They're seeing the best side of us. But behind the scenes, we can get nasty with each other. And that's what keeps us apart at times until we have our drink after work. I love that. So here on this uh, last episode coming up, Barbara, on Friday, these are some of the examples mm-hmm. of the folks who are going to talk to you. A uh, social media star from New York City. You already know who those folks are. Uh, they're going to pitch a board game focused on social media influencers. Then you've got uh, somebody else who's uh, pitching uh, collegiate apparel lines out of Charlotte, North Carolina. They want to transform T-shirts into crop tops. And you got somebody from Santa Barbara, California, innovative eyewear to address the problem of easily accessing reading glasses. So when you sit down, Barbara, before the show and read this stuff, you already have kind of a predisposed notion. This ain't going to work. This is going to work. Or do you walk in completely open-minded? No, it's a misnomer. A lot of people think we get a, a cheat sheet or something. No, we sit there, and when that door opens, it's the first time we're seeing the entrepreneur. When you're at home listening to their pitch, that's exactly what we're hearing. And a lot of people think it's kind of like a halfway made up. It's not. We never know what we're going to find, but I'll tell you something. That's what makes that show so exciting to do. You never know what's coming through that door, and you don't have any preconceived notions at all. If you watch this Friday night, I bet if I gave you a crib sheet on each person, just the way you did and gave you twice as much information, you'd still be surprised at what they have to say and change your mind about who you want to invest in and who you don't want to invest in. But this particular week, we're going to have a recap of all the hits of the year. And at the end, too, you're going to have to work with us because all the sharks go on one of the deals. It'd be great for you to guess which one it might be. You're going to be surprised. Oh, I love it. Two more I'm going to let you run here, Barbara. Tell me this. You mentioned you can lose a whole bunch of money on deals, but if you have one innovator who comes up with something big and make it all back, maybe make some money. Uh, Who's the one over the years, one or two, that come to mind right away that you took a chance on and, man, they came up big? 
comfy was the biggest surprise I had. Two guys, they kind of looked like they came out of a bar scene. They're sitting there pitching a, a business. They didn't even have the business. They didn't know what they were, what it looked like. They were just trying to describe it. They didn't know who was going to buy it. They didn't know what it was going to cost. They were so off kilt that we laughed hysterically. And I figured, I'll give them a shot. I'll take a third of their business. I took a third of their business, and three years later, they had $80 million in sales. Oh, my God. None of us saw that coming. Wow. Yeah, two guys, no experience, and they had the comfy, which is like an oversized sweatshirt. And it just took away – it just went like wildfires, and it's still selling like hotcakes four years later. So you never really know. You think you're going to get smart at the game. I don't get any smarter today than I was in the first year I was on the show. I'm annoyed with myself that I can't pick a better <laughs> really hard to pick these people. <laughs> so on the way out, my boss, again, going back to John Katzmatidis, at this point he owns this radio station, Christidis and D'Agostinos, all of them in your hometown here in New York City, oil companies, energy companies, he does it all, but he started out. Amazing. Yeah, but he started out, Barbara, as an entrepreneur. And uh, we, we did a book signing with John last night, and his beautiful daughter, AJ, actually said, she said, Dad, uh, was it easier then? being an entrepreneur, starting a business 40 years ago than it is today. What would you recommend to young people starting out today? What's the best way to try to ensure some financial success? Well, you're not going to be able to insure it. I think you just have to be cut out for the job. You know, most people don't know people who build huge businesses or even media, medium success businesses put a lot of time in. Like I remember working 16-hour days for years, never going to anything but just thinking about work. I'm sure you talked to John. The hours he worked compared to somebody where you could get a paid job was probably ridiculous, but you have to have the faith and keep going. And if you do and if you cut out for the job, man, there's nothing better than creating your own world and having that freedom and seeing the money come in. But you got to remember that all those years in advance, it's never that promising. Just suddenly it seems like whatever you're working on gets traction. And then everybody agrees that you were smart. But in the beginning, you were wondering how smart you were when you were <laughs> working so hard and losing money all the time. You know, if you, you keep thinking like, it's probably better I just get a job. Maybe I'll quit this deal. You know, But I'm sure John would agree with that. And every good entrepreneur I have is that kind of a person. They just keep at the wheel like a like a like a fool almost any old fool who that wheel, but nobody smart would really do it yeah, he actually did say last night he talked about what you just talked about just now working long hours 18 hour days yeah. 20 hour days so that seems to be mm. a good recipe for success shark tank friday night abc the season finale and the good news is they will be back for a 15th season mark and kevin and laurie and robert and damon and of course this lovely lady Barbara Corcoran. Barbara, this was immense fun. Congratulations on the show's success. Come back again. We'll talk again soon. Thank You're you so much. Thank, Thank you. you, Sid. You're a sweetheart. Bye. Oh, my God. Thank you. How about that? Barbara Corcoran. I'm a sweetheart. And uh, she didn't ask about your uh, leg, though. No. No. That's true. She didn't. Think she'll give me a million dollars just because I'm a sweetheart? She'll fix you up, yes. Of course. Why not? What should I ask her for? Two million? Yes, <laughs> she called me a sweetheart. It was unprovoked, gnome. What do I ask Barbara Corcoran for? I have nothing to present to her other than, well, hosting the number one radio show in New York by a mile. I'm in uh, TV, movies, wrote my second book. Can we market that? Can we do something? You know, why don't you ask her for one of the chairs, like fill in for her when she's not on the show? Because I don't make enough money to do that. Do they actually spend their own money? Um, I believe they do. Oh. 
Other than, well, whose money do you think it is? TV show is very successful. I figured maybe they pony it up. Yeah, yeah, you never know. You're right. Maybe some of the advertising and... But I do think it's their money, yes. Because that's the whole risk-reward factor. But I don't know that for a fact. I don't know. Anyway, she was uh, sweet, wasn't she? Yeah, very nice. Barbara Corcoran. All right. What do we got to do here? Take a break? What do you think? We got Judge Napolitano coming up. We've got Bill O'Reilly coming up. Monica Crowley. Bo Deedle. All great stuff. Some more Mark Knopfler. Dire Straits. Money for nothing. Chicks. Free. To play the guitar. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Education 734, sunny Thursday morning in New York City. My beautiful little boy, Gabriel, set to meet me here at the office after the show. And we're going to head on the 7 train together to Shea Stadium. I think they call it City Bill. No, I don't care. It's still Shea Stadium to me. Yeah, that'll be fun for you guys. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. And uh, Pete Morgan is taking us, and Lou's going to come, Lou Rafino, and Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be fun for everybody. Yeah, no, you're not going to come, though. Well, you're no, not invited. No, I didn't get invited. Well, you're a Yankee fan. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's cool. Well, we don't want Yankee fans there. No, 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 it's cool, Pete. We don't like Yankee fans. Sure, no, it's cool, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> he can invite you to Ranger games. You're a Ranger fan. Yeah. He can't invite you to Giant games because you're the biggest scumbag Eagle fan ever. Right. So you can't go to a lot of events with us because you're stupid. But like, uh, we're uh, the same teams. What if I want to just spend time with my guys? Yeah, I don't know. I know. Then it sounds nice. Right, I guess. right. Now, yeah. now, you, now you can't really poo-poo on it. No, this is what I've been hearing for the last couple of days. Has just he been so bitching you know, about this? Just, I won't use whatever word you really? want to use. This is yeah. like, no. It just comes out of the blue. It's like a Tourette's thing. But I've been dealing like that with you for sure. a long time. Like yeah. things out of the blue. What are you talking about? 
It's well, because not, you don't send me a text because my leg almost fell off yesterday, no, and I got to no. beg you to text me at 612 during the show? No, no, completely wrong. That's not what I was referring to. Okay. But let's go back to Felt Justin. that way. Justin was just... Justin, hey, you, uh, can, you can come today. I am making that um, that authoritative, uh, uh, I guess, decision. I don't want to go. I don't have a ticket for you anyway. Oh, well, I don't, that's but great, you can still I come. Go. I don't want to go. We'll meet you in the parking lot. Right by the 7 train. I wouldn't even get there. I, I wouldn't even get there until 3 o'clock. Perfect. Even better. We'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I want to wish a happy birthday to uh, one of our dear friends, John Cirillo. His wife, Fran, she's a lovely lady, Fran Cirillo, celebrating a birthday today. And Mike Sullivan, the king of Breezy Point. And he's going to make sure that um, my friend Joanne Ariola, who's going to join us tomorrow, um, it's going to make sure, too, that these illegals don't end up anywhere near Fort Tilden, which, of course, is just a hop, skip, and away from beautiful Breezy Point. And the Sullivan family, all of them, Michael and Thomas and Danny, they own Breezy Point. While his brother Brian, who lives by me in Bell Harbor, who's a great kid and a dear friend for about 45 years, former cop, He's celebrating his 60th birthday. They'll be at Michael's tonight in Brooklyn. I can't go because I live in the city now. But uh, happy birthday to Brian. And also, A.J. Katsimatidis spoke a lot last night at her dad's book signing about these uh, upcoming city council elections. And I don't think you guys realize how important that is. I mean, these guys, more than often, and women, have more power than the mayor. You know, we yell and scream about Eric Adams, but, and Noam, you could attest to this, the city council has a lot of power. And when you have horrible people like uh, Corey Johnson, he's not there now, but horrible people like that running it or even involved Justin Brennan out of Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, they're going to screw you. And the city's going to pay for it. Yes or no, no? Oh, yeah. Well, right? Yeah, there's so many things you could go to that have been passed over the years. Um, and, of course, the mayor sort of usually is a rubber stamp to most of those things because that's usually a Democrat. But um, I, even like last week, they made weight class a protected class. So if you're overweight I saw that. and um, you're yeah. thrown out of your job, that's now a thing in New York City. You're protected. <laughs> Stupid. Well, you need to vote for my friend Inna Vernikov. She's running again. She just had a great event at the Knights of Columbus in Brooklyn with my dear friend Pete King a couple nights ago. She's running against some guy named Igor Kazakskur. Screw this guy. Who the hell is Igor Kazakskur? Wasn't he the backup goalie for the Rangers for a couple of years? Is that the same guy? It definitely is the same guy. Same yes. guy. Yeah. Same guy. Yeah, Igor. So. E- Igor uh, Lemurkin. <laughs> yeah. Now they're suing Inna Vernikov. Some Twitter nonsense, a lot like what happened with AOC a couple of years ago. They don't know what to do with her because they know she's great. You know, she's um, she's like Trump. What can I tell you? She she gets stuff done, and she's out there in, in my uh, favorite parts of Brooklyn where I grew up, Sheepshead Bay and Brighton Beach and... Manhattan Beach out there by Kingsborough Community College and the Midwood section of Brooklyn. And she gets stuff done. Ukrainian Jew, by the way. Sue her for what? They sued her because uh, they contend, they allege that she banned somebody on Twitter. I don't even know the whole story. <laughs> I don't have time for all this. I don't have time. But when somebody sues my friend, then I'm clearly agitated. Not agitated enough to educate myself as to what happened because I'm very busy. But I'm mad that somebody's suing Inna. So go out there and vote for Inna this year Definitely. and screw this guy, Igor, whoever wow. he is. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't announced my endorsement in that Brandon race yet. 
Curtis has me edging towards Ari Kagan. But then uh, my other friends there, like Lauren and uh, Inna, they like, uh, no, not Lauren, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm confused. Inna likes Ann or Annie. You know this person is, uh, Noam, Ann, running for city council? Do you, you know have, these names? Some of them I do. Ann who, though? I don't know who that I is. I don't know. Hey, go with that. And yeah, and Hesh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she's dead, Anne. She is dead, yeah. yeah. So that ain't going to work. Hathaway, go with that one. Either way, <laughs> we're going to get uh, knee-deep in all this stuff. I do, we have to make sure, this is a serious one, that Kelly Klingman, she's my choice, up against another horrible person, Tiffany Caban. This is the same Tiffany Caban, mind you, that created those pamphlets, handed them out to kids where she maligned police officers and said, oh, you know, I guess there's a couple of decent cops, but don't forget, you know, cops put away black and brown people every day for doing the same thing that white people do. She actually wrote that on a pamphlet and handed it out to kids. Tiffany Caban, what a piece of diarrhea. I mean, a real lowlife. So vote for uh, Kelly Klingman. And we'll have more of this to come, but i got to take a break because Judge Napolitano is great every Thursday. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. This is really upsetting because here you have Alvin Bragg. I mean, he's got he's letting murderers go. He's letting street crime happen all over New York City. And here I'm the wife of a combat veteran. Here you have a former military guy where it's in their blood to defend and protect. He saw danger. He was trying to protect himself and the other people on that subway. And the idea that Bragg would go and indict him this way without an investigation, without any sort of grand jury, really what I think needs to happen, the governor needs to pardon Penny. No question about it. She needs to pardon him right away. It's the right thing to do. This is if they don't. Criminals will continue to rule the streets of New York because they will know that there's no accountability for anyone who tries to stop them. Yeah. And if she pardons him, that sets a right on a lot of things. It'll put criminals on notice and it'll let people like Penny, who really were very brave in that instance, it will let them know that we've got their back. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Presidential candidate Nikki Haley on Fox News talking about Kathy Hochul pardoning Daniel Penny. <laughs> right. There's a better chance that Tim Scott wins the election 
than that happening. In fact, Kathy Hochul on New York One yesterday basically said no to that. Also, we have to revisit this uh, Met ticket Pete Morgan conversation. And this is why the Jews have a bad name, because Justin Ellick is such a schnorrer. And Pete Morgan was kind of guilted into getting him a ticket. We'll get to all that in a moment. But right now, my guest, as he is every week at this time, the great Judge Andrew Napolitano. And, Judge, you heard Nikki Haley right there say it would be in Kathy Hochul's best interest in her efforts to combat crime in this city to pardon Daniel Penny. She ain't going to do it. She actually went after Daniel Penny very, very hard day one with no information. But what did you think about Nikki Haley's recommendation? Well, I'm a fan of Nikki Haley. I, 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 first of all, good morning, Sid. It's always a pleasure good to morning. be on. Thank you. I, I had the opportunity to interview her many times when I was at Fox. And this is funny. I'm once waiting for a flight in LaGuardia Airport. She's the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. She says, where are you going? I said, I'm going to D.C. I got to do my Fox work in D.C. today. She said, cancel your ticket. You're riding on my private jet. So I rode with her. And wow. We had it. That's pretty cool. That's very cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a nice conversation. Uh, I don't think Alvin Bragg had any uh, choice uh, but to ask a grand jury to indict. So uh, some of the things she said were not true. She said there was no investigation. The New York, the NYPD, which you and I love and, and respect, had 20 detectives investigating this thing. So there is a serious investigation. He has not yet been indicted, but he can't be prosecuted until he's indicted. So whatever the detectives come up with, they have to present to a grand jury. My advice to Penny is, and this is rare, rare that anybody does this, go testify before that grand jury. Look in the grand jury's eyes. Let them see how honest and decent and innocent and courageous were your intentions. And they might not indict you. And then the whole thing goes away. But asking uh, Kathy Hochul, Governor Hochul, to indict him, you're right. I mean, you might as well ask uh, Arizona to go back to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, I think uh, I'm very close with Tom Knipp, who happens to be the lawyer, him and Reiser, for Penny. And I think that they really believe that if this comes back, they're waiting for a verdict still for Monday where he summed up the case. And if this comes back in their favor there's, there's not going to be a grand jury because I think they believe that the grand jury believes that they can indict him based upon the information. That's their contention, but, of course, they're Penny's lawyers. Well, I happen to agree with them, but they have to indict him. And if they can't indict him, there's no prosecution. You can't prosecute uh, without the indictment. Now, it is almost unheard of. You know, I talked to Tecopina uh, about having Trump uh, testify uh, before the grand jury. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, we decided it wasn't the right thing for him to do, and Trump didn't want to do it. Uh, however, the defendant never testifies before a grand jury. Your lawyer is not there. It's just the grand jurors and the prosecution. You have no idea what the grand jury knows. But every once in a while, every once in a while, when you have a very sympathetic uh, defendant, who acted from noble, not criminal, noble motivations. His goal was not to kill that guy. His goal was to protect everybody else on the subway car. Every once in a while, the good citizens on the grand jury will resonate to that. I do not know his lawyers personally. I know them by reputation. So I'm using your show to put this idea in their head. They don't need me to suggest this to them. They've probably already thought about it. We'll see what they do. 
It's funny you mentioned Joe Tacopina. So every time he's on the show with me, not just me, but all the media he does, he puts up a really cool Instagram graphic and he has the audio. But he called me last week. He's in London this morning because his first grandchild, Theo, was born a couple of weeks ago. And he couldn't go see the baby because of the Trump uh, stuff. Called me last Thursday. He goes, did Judge Napolitano talk about me today? And I said, yeah, yeah, he did. He actually, he actually, during the conversation, stopped me just to say nice things about you. He was so excited that he grabbed the audio. And you may remember last Thursday, there you were on his Instagram page. He was so excited that you talked about yeah. him favorably. So uh, clearly he loves and respects you too. So. Well, it was, it was a textbook cross-examination, by which I mean it was so nearly perfect that law students in the future will be studying it on how to conduct a cross-examination in a he-said-she-said uh, case. Joe sent me a very, very, very moving text. Good. We went back and forth and back and forth. And you know Good. what he ended with? Oh, and by the way, Judge, my client loves and misses you. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Judge Andrew Napolitano on this time every Thursday at 740. Don't forget Monica Crowley, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and more still to come. Judge, uh, Monica's coming on. One of the reasons why, besides the debt ceiling uh, stuff coming to a head here, is the Durham report. And if you're a Trump guy like we are, there's no question the Durham report exonerated President Trump. Yet, yet, Joe and Mika, CNN, that comes out. They go, oh, please, there's nothing here. This says nothing. It's the same old, same old. They are still, still pushing the Russian hoax stuff even after the Durham report. What are your thoughts on that? I am harshly critical of the Durham report for not going far enough. Donald Trump was the victim of a politicized FBI. It began in the Obama administration. It continued into his own administration under Jeff Sessions and under the guy who appointed John Durham, Bill Barr. John Durham should have indicted senior FBI for violating the civil rights of Donald Trump by commencing criminal investigations on the basis of pure political trash. It began in the Oval Office, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, Director of the CIA, Jack Brennan. They concocted all this. They leave the Oval Office. Jack Brennan decides to have, see if this rings a bell, the British spies spy on Donald Trump. Your humble correspondent this morning revealed that on Fox News. All hell broke loose. They took me off air for 10 days. The Brits said I was crazy. Until 4GCHQ, that's the British uh, spying agency, went to the Guardian of London and said that judge in New York is right. We did spy on then Mr. Trump as a favor to our colleagues in America. All of that should have been in his report. And all of the people that uh, instigated that should be indicted. Prosecutors exist for two reasons, to indict or not to indict. If you're going to indict, go for it. If you're not going to indict, who cares what your report says? We already knew that stuff uh, anyway. He indicted two people for lying to the FBI. They both were acquitted. Durham is ashamed of himself. He wasted $100 million of taxpayer dollars. Wow. There you have it. I have one more story I want to cover. My friend Janice Dean testified in front of Congress on Wednesday. I know you know Janice from Fox News. Not right. one, but, yeah, both of her in-laws died because of Andrew Cuomo's policy of moving 
COVID-infected folks into nursing homes, and both of her in-laws died. She was one of many who testified Wednesday about Andrew Cuomo and his policies. I agree with Janice. I think Andrew Cuomo murdered those people. He didn't walk in with a gun or a knife, but his policies murdered those people. Again, they testified in front of Congress on Wednesday. What do you think ends up happening here? They've been, they've been after this guy for two years. Do you think, like Hunter Biden, something actually happens to Cuomo? Well, I, I, you're not going to be happy with me because this is one of the things that you and I disagree with, and that is the Cuomos. I am friends with both Andrew and Chris. Now, I know you. All right, well, thank you for joining me today. We'll, uh, we'll see you down the road, Judge. Take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. What do you mean you're friends with Cuomo? What's the matter with you? you know, Roger Ailes always taught us, have friends on the other side of the aisle. Have friends on the other side of the aisle. Yes, I'm yeah, okay with that. I, hey, I have dinner with Eric Adams. Friends is one thing. 18,000 people ended up dead, Judge. Come on. I'm not defending everything he did. I'm just telling you he's my friend. Now, in answer to your question, nothing will happen. The government doesn't prosecute its own. When, when the Secretary of Defense lies before the Senate Armed Services Committee, Ukraine's going to win, and then the secret documents come out showing that they all believe Ukraine's going to lose, you think he's going to be prosecuted? No. The government doesn't prosecute its own. The last person prosecuted for lying before the grand, lying to Congress was Roger Clemens for lying about the contents of his urine. That's the crap. That wow, the Mitchell to. Report, huh? That whole baseball yeah. steroid thing. Wow. All right, yeah, you're probably and, right. And the and the great Roger Clemens was acquitted. Yeah, no, he was. No, listen, I agree. I don't think, and by the way, I'm not mad your friends are there. That's fine. I love you to pieces. I don't care who your friends are, as long as your friends with me. One more, this animal that uh, Halloween years and years ago went on a murderous rampage and ran over a bunch of bicyclists and uh, killed, I don't know, eight, nine, ten people in New York City on Halloween. He did not get the death penalty. He's going to serve the rest of his life in prison I, for one, am upset. I know folks go, listen, it's better if he rots in prison. I don't feel that way. My taxpayer money goes to keeping this scumbag alive. Why couldn't we just kill a guy like that? We know he did it. We know it, right? It's not like you're going to kill an innocent man. Why don't we kill an animal like that? Because we have the rule of law, uh, and, and if we cut down the laws to get to the devil, and he is the devil, who will protect us when the devil turns around and looks at us? The law is having it cut down. I'm paraphrasing a man for all seasons. We have to follow the rule of law. In terms of his life, he'll be in a windowless room, two, obviously windowless when I tell you where it is, 250 feet below the surface of the earth in the middle of Colorado for the rest of his life. That's wow. pretty bad. That is pretty yeah. bad. You're right. Jeez. That, 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 is, that is America's. Supermax. I don't think these crazies that think they can come here and kill innocents because they don't like our foreign policy. I don't think they have any idea what uh, lifestyle awaits them. Are you an advocate of the death penalty? I am. Just I, you know. I am not. Okay. I am not an advocate of, uh, of the death penalty. I think the, pen the punishment that he got yesterday was absolutely appropriate. No conceivable possible way. Yeah. And that number, 250 years in jail, yeah. will resonate all over the country. Nobody sentences uh, like we do uh, in America. Yeah, but that that's silly. Number. He, he's not, he, he, but he's not He's going to live 20 years. I, I just, I mean, if God forbid, and I mean that because he's such a kind-hearted, decent soul, but if God forbid that was your child on a bicycle, I don't think you'd agree with this sentence. I think you'd want to see the guy dead. Probably, but if it was my kid, I would want to wring his neck. Right. I agree. I agree. You feel differently when, when the pain hurts you uh, personally.
but the judge did the right thing. Actually, this wasn't the judge's choice. This is the jury's choice. In America, only a jury can sentence to death. So once the jury said no death penalty, uh, the judge could sentence him to one life sentence or 10 life sentences or 250 years. The judge gave him the max, which, as I said, sends a message all over the world. You come here and kill uh, innocents who are riding their bikes in New York City. You're going into a hole, a hole in the ground for the rest of your life. Unless you're Andrew Cuomo, then you can go to the Hamptons. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I be the peacemaker or is it not even conceivable? No, no. I mean, it's like uh, at this point it's worse than Trump and DeSantis. (laughs) Oh, God. And Trump and DeSantis may be on the same ticket together. Who knows? Moves out of Florida. Let me tell you something. That wouldn't be a horrible thing. That would pretty much ensure victory for us come 2024. You are such a special guest every Thursday. I really love you. So does my listeners. So does Joe Tacopina. So does everybody. Another great appearance. Thank you, Judge. Thank you. Tell the cat man I love him and tell O'Reilly I love him. <laughs> I tell him every time. I'll tell him again. And, yes, John Katsimatidis and Bill O'Reilly, two special men. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840, as he does every Thursday, right after Monica Crowley. Two more exciting hours to come. Keep it right here, New York's favorite talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. On your early, chilly, 46-degree, sunny Thursday morning with New York's number one talk show by a distance. That's us on our way to the Met game today. Justin Ellick again. Really, every stereotype of the Jews, Schnorras, move their way in, want it for free, don't want to spend money. All those nasty stereotypes. Yeah, that's it. That I dealt with all the way back at Poly Prep, even. Alec just used them all and pulled a guilt trip on Pete Morgan to score himself a ticket. He's a Yankee fan. Doesn't so, care about so the Mets Pete, at all. Pete's a, Pete's a Yankee fan. He's a fan of both teams. Yeah, well. You're not, though. You don't even pretend to root for the Mets. So why would you be coming to the stadium with us? We're really diehard Mets fans. Because, why? Well, first of all. Uh, it actually works out perfectly because they're playing the Rays, who are in first place in the ALE. So I'm rooting for the Mets to beat the Rays. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Just to help my Yanks right. sure. build some ground. Seven and a half back of Tampa Bay. Right. Okay. But that it makes could sense. could be six and a half back if the Rays lose today and the Yanks win tonight. Right. That's very good math. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it actually had nothing to do with uh, that at all. Well, he knows Zero. that he's going to get free food in the suite. He knows that. 
And he's bored. He yeah. doesn't have that chick's a girlfriend anymore. God. No. God. Thank God. Got some other girl that he does horrible things with. And I don't want to talk about it. Your mom's listening. Uh, girls, uh, well, <laughs> for some reason she thinks they're not horrible, but she's got a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Don't, worry, don't worry about me and my uh, my rotation, my roster. Uh, I don't worry about it at all. You tell me things. I don't even want to know. It's about as well. good as the Yankees' rotation right <laughs> now. You don't tell me things. That, and everything you tell me, I, I no, want to know. No, that's true. No, you're right about that, right. yeah. We've got that type of relationship. Yeah, yeah. it's very beautiful. Now, last be, night, talking about, talking about beautiful, <laughs> we had a great event. Uh, I want to thank Jack, my dear friend Jack, and Chaz Vomitary at the Empire Steakhouse across the street. Had a book signing for John Katz and Matidis. His new book is doing very, very well. I mean, really well. And his uh, daughter, AJ, lovely AJ, she uh, runs this Liberty Club. It's a Republican club. We had about 100 members there last night. And uh, AJ and me, we sat down and interviewed John about the book. John was emotional. Actually started to cry, talking about his mom and dad and his kids, two great kids, AJ and uh, Junior, and his lovely wife, Margo, who was there, too. Chad and Emily were there, the whole crew, you know, Rita, Curtis Sliwa, a bunch of others. And um, it was great. He was, he was emotional. He was smart. John talking about his business acumen and success and how you can enjoy some of that. It was just a really fun night. I have to say, to a lot of these events, a lot of uh, station events over the years, they're not all great. Some of them are, how do I say this nicely, brutal. Brutal. This one last night was really nice. It was family. John, Margot, Junior, AJ, like I said, Chad, it was family. And the food was great. He's got these mini burgers across the street that are outrageous. So congratulations to A.J. Katsimatidis and John and Margot and Junior and the whole family on putting together a great event last night. The big news item, I guess, while Eric Adams has finally gotten to the migrant crisis on MSNBC, he's moved past the paparazzi chase. I swear to God, of Harry and Megan and the new logo for soccer in 2026. He's finally gotten past all that. But I guess the big news that Eric Adams broke yesterday was the hotel rooms in New York City, about half, half the hotel rooms are filled with illegals. Here's Eric Adams, cut number one. Almost half of all hotel rooms now are taken up by asylum seekers. Think about that. You know, this is so I'm not sure what is going to take before people hear what I am saying that, uh, you know, we're going to wait until we're too far gone. This is what we were trying to prevent. We were trying to prevent this. And now we're here and I'm happy to see that everyone appears to be saying, "Okay, there's a real issue here. The good news is they're not going to be in that gymnasium in Coney Island, PS 188, because the parents did what I told them to do yesterday, and they did it in a big way. Go out and yell and scream and say, like Quiet Riot said, we're not going to take it. No. Like Ed Day did in Rockland County, who continues to be the face of the opposition. Yes, he threatened the mayor with physical violence. I get it. But it worked. It worked. And now these Brooklyn parents, worried about their kids, as I am, stepped up yesterday. And now, no kids in that Coney Island gym. Instead, here in the city by Penn Station, this is a compilation 
of those brave Brooklyn parents making sure for their kids in school this wasn't going to happen. Cut number nine. I think it's a bad situation all around. It's not good for the migrants. It's not good for our school here. They don't have IDs. How are they going to go in without not even a background check or what's even their last name? Not enough bathrooms, not enough space. It's, there's other places to put them. No, they say it's last resort, but partial of Armory, Bed Bath & Beyond over there. Why can't other states also be a spot? There's all these places they can put them. So they're using children as a political statement to house people where they can put them somewhere else. Our children deserve to have the academics up to par. You understand? How are we going to do that when our kids is having to worry about who they around if we're going to get hurt? And our teachers as well are having to suffer because now they're stuck in a position where they can't even help our kids get help. I like that one. Put them on Rikers Island. Give them your home, Mayor Adams. Curtis Sliwa told us yesterday, it turns out to be true, the Q Motor Inn is the latest hotel. Another LLC, mind you. Probably a donor. Not probably a donor for Hochul and Adams. They're the latest. But don't you worry. Because even as we speak with Eric Adams on television right now in Secaucus, New Jersey, with the Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, who is right there with Andrew Cuomo and Kathy Hochul as one of the worst governors in the country, this guy's a joke. You've got Joe, Mika, Mike Barnacle, Eric Adams, and Phil Murphy yucking it up about Harry and Meghan, excited about soccer. Now the two of them just congratulated each other. I swear to God, Adams and Murphy on being great leaders. Hey, you're doing a great job. Right back at you, buddy. Duh, you dummy! And if you don't believe me, listen to Eric Adams himself when he told everybody yesterday, don't you worry I'm the man for the job. Listen, folks, easy. We got this. You know, so I want New Yorkers to know I'm made for this moment. I'm the mayor that this moment calls for, and we're going to navigate through this. Six words. You cannot make this up. I'm the man for the moment. I was made for this. It's a complete disaster. It's not bad. It's a complete disaster and he's telling you every county executive wants to kill him every parent wants to kill him every decent-minded republican in new york city wants to kill him and he's telling you don't you worry i was built for this i'm the man for the job don king the great boxing promoter once owned a building right off Palmetto Park Road in Boca Raton. And the name of his company was Only in America. Eric Adams, my man, my brother. <laughs> Only 
in America. Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. $33 trillion, a number that nobody ever thought possible. When we had our economy rocking and rolling just prior to COVID coming in, like literally, we were making a fortune. And oil, we were going to make so much money from oil, we were going to start paying off debt. But then with COVID coming in, we had to do other things. We had to keep this country alive because it was so serious. But we have to get the country back. We have to lower energy prices. We have to lower interest rates. Interest rates are through the roof. Energy has to come down. It all has to come down. And we have to start paying off debt. But when we have a debt limit, and they use that very seriously to me. They came in. Schumer came in with Nancy Pelosi. And they were using, we'll violate it. We'll do whatever. They talked a whole lot different than they do right now. I say to the Republicans out there, congressmen, senators, if they don't give you massive cuts... You're going to have to do a default. Wow. My man, President Donald Trump, that was taken from that horrendous Caitlin Collins town hall on CNN last week. But I almost fell off the bed when he said, hey, we'll just default. And everybody who I talk to in this business tells me if we default, there'll be catastrophic repercussions for the economy. So I said, well, who am I going to talk to here? Who's better? Nobody better than Monica Crowley. She's got a great podcast, the Monica Crowley podcast. Been a dear friend of mine for many, many years. Have it for about seven minutes here. I do want to start right there, Monica. President Trump said, you know what? If I win in 2024, the same thing is going to happen again anyway. It's time to get what we want or default. Would that not uh, end up in catastrophic issues for the economy, or is President Trump right? Hey, good morning, Sid. Hey. Always great to be with you. And it, this is a huge issue. It's been a huge issue for a very long time. And we're in this position right now where we're closing in on $33 trillion in national debt. And to the point this year where we're going to carry a $2 trillion annual deficit which, of course, adds to the debt, we're in this position because people on both sides of the aisle for many decades have way overspent, you know, and that's because government has no profit motive. Government does not act like a private business or even a public business does where they have to report to customers or shareholders or to a board. Government is only driven by power. So it's easy to spend taxpayer money. It's easy to turn to the Fed and have them just print more money magically out of thin air. This is why we're in this position. Uh, you left out the part, too. It's also easier to borrow money from countries like China. 
Correct. And then you are beholden to them, (laughs) as we have learned in a really painful kind of way. Uh, Look, this country is not going to default. We have plenty of tax revenue coming into Treasury's coffers to cover all of government's basic bills. Okay, the only way that we would ever go into default is if the current president and the current secretary of the Treasury, Biden and Yellen, make a proactive decision not to redirect the money to cover government's basic functions of keeping the American people safe and servicing the debt, and they just decide to cut that off, then it will be on them if we go through a catastrophic default. And you're right. I mean, the repercussions would be unfathomable, okay, for for the a global economy, U.S. economy, and you and me. They would have to make a proactive decision not to cover those bills. Mm. And I don't think politically they're going to do it. So default is off the table. We heard reported yesterday, Sid, that both parties, McCarthy and uh, Biden, um, have taken default off the table. So that is not going to happen. But what needs to happen is exactly what the president said. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, which is that we need deep spending cuts. I don't know how deep they're going to go, given that Biden is on the other side of the table, but we cannot go on like this, Sid. No, I agree. No, and, And I know that President Biden is in Japan this morning at the G7 summit, but he did cut down on his Asia trip to get back here to speak to McCarthy and the House Republicans to try to come to some type of agreement here. So I agree with you. I think Trump was talking tough, and it was great television, but you just can't default. You just can't do it. I want to talk about interest rates here for a second. Uh, I had heard uh, a couple of months ago with the inflation issue that they were raising interest rates to try to combat inflation, but they were going to stop doing it. They were going to stop doing it. And I think since I heard that, They've raised them twice. Now, very minimal, I understand, a quarter at a time, but they've still raised them twice. Is that going to stop or what? Well, a lot of economic observers, they're they're split. They think in the next Fed meeting there could be a pause and they'll keep interest rates where they are in the 5% range. They'll keep it there for a while and see how it goes. But there are others who say, wait a minute, inflation is still far elevated from the Fed's target rate of 2%. I mean, we're still 3% plus over that target rate. And getting the CPI numbers, getting the PPI numbers, these are all inflation numbers that the Fed pays close attention to. They are still very elevated. And you know what, Sid? There is so much money still sloshing around this system, even with higher interest rates. And we have all of this money that the Democrats have allocated through all these bills that they passed starting in March of 21, when Biden came in, that's still sitting in the pipeline. We're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars that have been allocated, just not assigned yet. So it's all still sitting there. Is that money going to start to flow to things like infrastructure and everything else? We are still in a very hot inflationary environment. So I don't know what the Fed is going to do. Nobody knows. It could be a pause for a bit, or they could continue down this road, raising it by 25 basis points. But it's really putting the screws to the economy. Their view is we got to kill the economy in order to kill inflation. Well, we're in this box because they waited way too long to start raising rates in the first place. So when is this recession? This is the great Monica Crowley. Check out her podcast. She's amazing. Uh, right before Bill O'Reilly joins us, about three more minutes to go. When is this recession finally going to hit? 
Well, again, nobody knows. If I knew, I'd be playing the lottery, Sid, and <laughs> I'd be out of here. <laughs> um, no, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, I will say that most economic observers, and I share this assessment, uh, think that we could get a recession closer to the end of the year, fall, early winter uh, this year. And, of course, that the, the question is how deep and how long it might be. A lot of people suspect a soft recession. But these are people who also said inflation would be transitory, right? So (laughs) I don't listen to, I don't listen to any kind of economist, but you know, then it has political ramifications because if we get a recession toward the end of this year, going into next year, guess what next year is to presidential election cycle. Right, right. So close eye on both the politics and the economics. Well, talking about political ramifications, not that long ago, you, Mnuchin, all those folks were there at the White House working with Donald Trump every Every single day running what was the most robust and healthy economy in the history of the country until the Chinese screwed us. Uh, and a couple of days ago, the Durham report came out, which 1,000, 1,000 percent, I believe, exonerated Donald Trump. Now, Judge Napolitano was on 45 minutes ago and he said, no, he was critical. He said they didn't go far enough. But I think we could all agree if they didn't go far enough, it still did enough to tell the world that the Russian hoax was just that, a Russian hoax. I'm sure you were happy to see it. Yes, the whole thing was a completely made-up lie from the very diseased and damaged mind of Hillary Clinton, who then enlisted all of her comrades in the White House, including President Obama, now President Joe Biden, uh, John Brennan, James Clapper, James Comey, Strzok Page, Susan Rice, Sally Yates, the entire corrupt top layer of the Obama administration, including the president and vice president, knew about this, signed off on it, and were okay with it. And it wasn't just during the 2016 campaign to try to pull a dirty trick on Donald Trump. This lasted throughout his entire presidency, and it was meant to to defame him, discredit him, and ultimately destroy him and his presidency. These people do not give a flying wit about this country. In fact, they are deliberately trying to destroy it, as we have seen with Joe Biden's policies. They do not care about you and me. They only care about their absolute grip on power. And that means that they have to destroy Donald Trump and anybody else who threatens that grip on power. This was sick. This was outrageous. And we need accountability. We need prosecutions. We need full investigations. We need trials. And we need jail time for these people. I'm not confident that we're ever going to see that, Sid, because the corruption runs so deep in this country and the deep state controls our elections, not us. But this, if we're going to bring this country back, these people need to go to prison for what they did. Not Donald Trump. Their main goal is putting him behind bars in order to try to stop him. He's not the one who did anything wrong. They did. They weaponized the government and our most fearsome government agencies like the DOJ and the CIA and the FBI against their political opponents. This is so much worse than a banana republic, and it is a very dangerous moment. That was beautiful. I got to tell you, Monica, this is why you're a huge star. This is why Trump hired you. And that's why your podcast does so well. You could start, too, by taking away their Pulitzer Prizes for reporting on a story that never really happened. Let's start right there. On the way out, Monica, where can people hear your podcast? What day? I've been on it. It's fantastic. What day does it come out? Oh, thank you, Sid. 
So I do it three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. It's called the Monica Crowley Podcast, and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. So Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you go for, for the other shows, you come find me, and I promise you, you will love every single show. In fact, yesterday's show, I had Devin Nunes on talking about the Durham Report. Nunes was the OG of exposing yep, yep, the Russia yep, hoax, yep. and he has some serious thoughts about all this. I could attest. It is a great podcast. You're great. As always, thank you for coming on. I wish you would come by more often, but I get you when I can. Thank you so much, Monica. Great job. Always my pleasure, Sid. Thanks. Mine too. The great Monica Crowley, folks. How about that? You go from, um, well, in the Palatano, I thought it was very interesting. Monica's great. Talking about the OG, the best ever. Bill O'Reilly is coming up next here on Sid and Friends. Radio 77, WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, the program Common Sense, the radio station WABC. And uh, we just got the ratings for April. Uh, we did very well here on uh, Common Sense at 9 o'clock, and we thank you all. Sid in the Morning. Wow. Boom. Big radio star. The biggest radio star in New York. Sid Rosenberg. Okay, why? Because he's authentic. That's why. He's not a phony. Good sense of humor. Curious about life. Likes regular folks because he's one of them. So Sid is just knocking it out of the park. Knocking it out of the park, like a couple of three-run home runs for the Mets as I make my way to City Field this afternoon with my son Gabriel, Pete Alonso's walk-off home run. That was surreal, I know. Bill O'Reilly started his show with that two nights ago, his great show here on WABC 9 p.m., the no-spin show. And uh, I've been a fan of his for a long time. I've looked up to him for a long time. I still pinch myself that he comes on my show every week, but to hear him say that was... Really over the top for me. It was um, it was a great moment in my career, and I've only played it once. Is that right, Lou? One time? Uh, according to my uh, calculations, yeah. you're way off now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe once an hour. It is what it is. Bill O'Reilly was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. He's the best of all time. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights right here on WABC or his own website, which is tremendous. BillOReilly.com, great interviews, great columns, great TV, his killing series, Killing the Witches, the newest in that great series. He's the best ever, and I'm honored to have him here every Thursday, my friend Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Hey, how are you, Sid? You going out to the game today? That's good. Yeah. got to win today. If, uh, momentum, you know, the big mo. Yeah, no, we need it. And, of course, if you take two straight from the Rays, but the difference is I'm going with Pete Morgan, who's great, and he takes very good care of us. If I was going with you, I'd sit in Steve Cohen's box for about four innings. <laughs> well, you know, um, it, 
New York, I said this uh, on uh, Common Sense the other night, uh, even if you're not a sports fan, um, one of the real pluses, and we, you know, obviously we're negative on a lot of the things about the city and the state of New York now, um, is that there's so much going on. There's so many things in play and our options, whether it's food or theater or sports or recreation, we have more than anybody else has. And I think we lose sight of that sometimes. You um, New Yorkers, you know, if, if I'm going to move down to Naples, Florida, I mean, I'm going to do a lot more sitting than I'm doing here in New York, if you know what I mean. I do. I, I lived in Boca Raton for 16 years. The weather was great. It was clean. It was beautiful. My kids grew up there. My daughter played tennis. And a lot of the time I was bored because you can't even walk outside about five months a year. Right. And you can't, you know, it's the same conversation. What's for dinner tonight? Five o'clock, blah, blah, blah. So um, am I to assume, or at least take from what you just said, that with all the issues we've got going on right now, that Bill O'Reilly still believes New York is the greatest city in the world? Well, there's no doubt it is. And, and I've been to every big city in the world, so I know. Um, but the problem that we have in New York now is that, number one, the fanatics on the left are in power, and that has to change. And I think it might change this migrant stuff now. Uh, if you don't know how out of control the federal and state and city government is by now, if you don't know, then it's your fault if they put migrants in your basement on cot. Okay? So don't go whining to O'Reilly and sit. It's your fault. Well, it's true. When, you know, you had a guy like Ed Day in Rockland County. He said they're not coming. They haven't no, come. And, and absolutely. Ed was right. And all New Yorkers, you've got to step away from the ideology now. You've got to say we need to have a disciplined, efficient place to live. Is that, is that too much to ask for all the taxes we're paying all I want is efficiency yep. and safety. Is it too much to ask? No, that's why I was thrilled these parents in Brooklyn and Coney Island yelled and screamed yesterday. And guess what? Those illegals are not at a gymnasium in Coney Island this morning. They're in a building by Penn Station, which brings me to this. I was, uh, you know, they put the newsroom. They've got TVs here. So they put on Fox News, CNN, uh, all the MSNBC. So you got MSNBC, Joe Mika, Mike Barnacle, who used to be a good guy, by the way. And who's sitting there? Phil Murphy, the governor of New Jersey, Bill, and our mayor, Eric Adams. Now, mind you, the first two stories that Eric Adams did, you can't make this up, were Harry and Meghan being chased by paparazzi. And the second story was they're preparing for a 2026 FIFA World Cup in New York and New Jersey. We got illegals and migrants destroying our city. We got crime all over the place. They're talking royals and soccer. Then they finally got to the crisis. My question for you is very simple. How much do you blame, if at all, the mayor? I blame the mayor for um, playing political games rather than trying to solve problems because he doesn't want to alienate his base. And by the way, I, I was involved with uh, chasing Harry and Meghan. I was out there with 
Um, that was that was me. Uh, I'm going to cop to it. It was me and five kids, uh, and, and they panicked. Um, and what happened was they took a, a, a wrong turn on the concourse up in the Bronx, and you don't want to take a wrong turn in the Bronx. No. No, no you don't want to do no, that. No, you end up like bonfires of the vanity if you do that, if you don't yeah, know Yeah, you, you want to, you know. And then, they, you know, they were on the Deegan, and then they went on the Cross Bronx, and they were there for eight hours because everybody's on the Cross Bronx for eight hours. He can't get off it. Um, and so it was much ado about nothing. But Eric Adams, look, um, I think that he is well-intentioned in the sense that he understands the city has to be improved. But he's got he's to gotta man up, as the cliche goes. You know, he's got to go against his base. He's got to start telling the truth about the problems and the solutions to the problems. I said to somebody else uh, the other night, um, you have to rule New York with an iron fist. You have to. There's no other alternative. You've got to get in there and you've got to say, we're cleaning this block up and we're sending in the guys to do it, and that's it. And you've got to take the flack. That's the only way you clean up. And I feel sorry for the poor people because my people were poor in Brooklyn when they came over. But they didn't have this to face. They didn't have fentanyl. They didn't have guys with guns running around controlling the neighborhoods, extorting, selling dope to kids. They didn't have any of that. And, it's a, you know, it's the poor people that are being adversely affected the most. Yep. And you can't get it through to an AOC because her life is built on ideology. And Adams has got to step back and say, all right, if I'm a one-term mayor, so be it. But I'm going to solve some of these problems because I have the power to do it. And that's what I'd like to see from him. This is the great Bill O'Reilly, 9 o'clock every week, night 725 every morning and 840 every Thursday with me. So I had uh, the last two guests I had on both commented on the Durham report, Judge Napolitano, who loves you, by the way, says, say hello to Bill every week. He says he believes the report didn't go far enough. Monica Crowley said, I love the report. I just saw Ted Cruz on television smashing Adam Schiff across the face for actually, you know, trying to prove that the whole report was a lie. Where does Bill O'Reilly stand on the Durham report? I thought it was a good report in the sense that no one's going to read it, number one. And if you walk out of the studio, WABC studio, and you stop five people on the street and go, hey, how about that Durham report? They're not going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> so true. Because the news was suppressed by the left-wing television news agencies. And even Fox is not what it used to be. Everybody knows that. So the headline of the Durham report, four years and about $15 million. So all the people investigating did pretty well the last four years with our tax money. So the headline is that the FBI, the most powerful investigative agency in the world, interfered with the 2016 election. Now, Madison and Jefferson, when they forged the Constitution, feared something like that. They feared that the military might take over the country, and that's why the commander-in-chief is a civilian, the president, Okay, And they also feared that some of these agencies, the federal agencies, could get too powerful, which the FBI has. And then the FBI, under Comey and McCabe and Strzok and all these people, turned their power into trying to destroy Donald Trump. 
And by the way, that hasn't changed even now with Christopher Ray. I don't trust him either. No, I don't either. That agency needs to be totally revamped because it is now abuse of power. But if anybody thinks that anything's going to happen to these people legally, it's not. Because the swamp in Washington doesn't want, even though Ted Cruz and the Republican senators and, yeah, but they know that once you start to peel back that corruption, you're going to find more corruption. So what has to happen is in 2024, the Republicans have to take over Congress. And if they don't, then we're going to continue on this corruption slide. But there's no doubt about it. I wrote Killing the Mob. All right, the FBI did a damn good job disassembling the mafia, the Klan, the Ku Klux Klan, uh, wiped out the bank robbers in the 30s. But it became political after Obama got elected. Very political. And that is not the role, and that is dangerous to our republic. Agreed. But you may want to go back now, and as great as Killing the Mob was, and some great facts in there. I I especially love the part about um, uh, I Love Lucy's Husband. I love that story. Ricky Ricardo. Yes, that was am- I didn't know any Arnaz. of that. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing, Desi Arnaz. But you may want to fix the Ku Klux Klan part, because according to your president, Joe Biden, just a couple of days ago, at a commencement speech at Howard University, white supremacy is still the most dangerous thing we face day in and day out in this country. Didn't you know that? Um, well, if I had been in the uh, audience graduating at Howard University, my hand would have gone up. <laughs> And I would have said, Mr. President, that's very interesting you're saying that. Can you cite one Justice Department prosecution of white supremacy in your two years plus? Yeah. I mean, I guess they can can go. It was a year ago that that uh, kid killed all those African-American folks. Horrible story in Buffalo. But to your point, for every one of those, there's 30 stories. That's a nut. I know. He's saying that there's an organized white supremacy threat to African-Americans, and if that's the case, shouldn't the FBI have gotten, you know, a bunch of these people on conspiracy charges and brought them in? <laughs> you would think Where so. I, I don't know. You know, that that's like saying, hey, I'm going to be attacked today by 18,000 palmetto bugs. <laughs> there are no palmetto bugs on Long Island. It's okay, true. so yeah. all this guy does is read what's put in front of him. You know that, Joe oh. Biden. Yeah. And the nuts that work for him are invested in alienating the African-American voter from the country. And then they're buying you, and I'm going to solve the problem. Hey, there is no problem. <laughs> Something to solve. But, but one, of the things, one of the things you do great on, on BillOfHoney.com is you actually print every day the president's schedule. And as you've joked around, lots of it includes cartoons and Dr. Jill putting his PJs on, all that cute type of stuff. While Trump, of course, worked 22 hours a day. But now the president is in Japan for the G7. And I read today, Bill, that he's cutting his trip short because he wants to be back and sit down and negotiate with McCarthy about the debt ceiling. How about that? Well, that's good. I mean, you know, they'll come to an arrangement because um, both parties know that they can't uh, default on the debt, and that would uh, send the stock market down 5,000 points. So they'll get it. And, you know, they told Biden you have to go to Japan. All right, and he, and he goes, aren't we at war with them? No. 
No, see, that was over. That, in 1945, that stopped. Oh, okay, I'll go. And then where are we going? Then we're going to Australia. I want to see the kangaroos. Oh, that's going to be really uh, radical. And then they said, no, we can't go to Australia. We have to come back, and we have to come to a debt agreement. And he goes, I don't know anybody any money. Hunter pays all my bills. I don't know any money. I don't know. No, no, Mr. President, not personal debt, the debt for the country. So this is how it evolves every day for Joe Biden. There's a lot of explanation. That is funny, though. That was well put. So in the last 60 seconds, we talked about the Durham report exonerating Donald Trump. And you just jokingly said, although it's true, I don't have any debt. Hunter pays all my bills. Do you think we're getting close, or not at all, to a Hunter Biden indictment? Yes. Uh, they have to indict him. Um, it'll probably be for jaywalking and maybe a little littering. Right. They'll get the lowest possible um, charge they can get on him. But that's not going to stop the House Oversight Committee. I mean, they're making, you know, a really, really hard attempt to link um, Hunter Biden's millions with Joe Biden. Now, I don't know whether they'll be able to do that or not. Um, a lot of right wingers and Republicans have already convicted Joe Biden of taking money from his son, but I'm not going to do that because that's not fair. But uh, I do expect Hunter Biden um, to be indicted on very low level charges. He'll plead guilty and then he'll get a pardon. So if Donald Trump wins the primary and right now he's up in some polls as many as 43 points on his friend Ron the Sanctimonious and he takes on Joe Biden in the G. Bill O'Reilly, if you ought to pick a winner this morning, it'll change, of course. We're still 17 months out. That's a long time. And it really gets hot and heavy, like you say, in August, 14 months out. But today, what happened today, Trump versus Biden. Who wins? Oh, I mean, so hard. Uh, you know, I'd say maybe, maybe Trump wins the electoral vote and loses the popular vote. That's what I probably and and not it'll be razor thin. A that, lot of people that, stay that, home. That's what that's way. what happened with Hillary too. Same thing. Yeah, right? yeah, and and a lot of people stay home um, because they don't like either of them. But uh, you know the country is sliding. Everybody who's got a brain knows it's sliding, and Biden's not going to turn it around. So you, if you vote for Biden, you're voting for um, more pain. <laughs> if you vote for Trump. And I know people don't like him and all of that. You're voting for chaos, personal chaos, but he was efficient in office, and that's true. He, he ran the country fairly efficiently. Can't argue with that. Uh, you are the best. Thank you again for those kind comments. Thank you for coming on every week. Thank you mostly for being my friend. I love this segment every week, and we'll do it again very, very soon. Bill O'Reilly, you're the all-time best. All right. Enjoy the game. Best to Gabe. You got uh, go Mets. All right. Thank you. There he is. And he invites me to a bunch of games throughout the season. The best, folks. 9 p.m. every weeknight, WABC, BillOReilly.com, Bill O'Reilly. Now, if I get one more text, Bo Deedle, hope you're listening, from some listener out there that said, why is Bo Deedle's name being thrown about all night Tuesday night? on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. If I get one more of those texts, I'm going to have to go out there and ruffle up myself. We're going to find out the truth behind Bo and Louie right after this.
Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. When Louie and Teresa, Why by the way, just called my husband Why over to tell him secretly, I denied it. I called Joe. It's not going to come back. I called Joe a lot of things. Where's you hear that? I called him. I did. I did. Yeah, with Teresa, you guys called him. Uh, Teresa, you want to call him? Yes, no, we went to the house and you were there. Yeah, because Bo Deedle knows about everybody in this room. That's why. Come on, man. You said Bo Deedle knows about everybody. Should have cameras in the studio right now. Bo Deedle oh, dancing. He looked cute, actually. He picked this song. This is a great song. Great song. That audio was taken from two nights ago. The finale of this season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Well, a lot of the cast, who I still know very well, Frank Catania, Margaret Josephs, and others, fighting with Louis Ruelas, who's married to <laughs> Teresa. Louis contends that he had information on everybody on the show. He got that information through Bo Deedle. And mind you, everybody there, Margaret, Frank, and the rest of them, believe him. And they're like, yeah, Bo did get stuff on me. (laughs) And then it came out yesterday in page six in the New York Post that Louis and Teresa admitted, okay, maybe we didn't uh, go to Bo Deedle and get information on everybody. And it turned out to be one lie. I'm going to tell you something. Like the Durham report, Bo. Yeah. The Durham report comes out. It exonerates Donald Trump. But the Democrats are still saying there was Russian collusion. Even after Louis came out and admitted that this was nonsense, Margaret, Frank, and others are saying that Bo absolutely dug up dirt on all of us. Okay. On your show, sit in the morning here. Sit in friends. It's full of crap. Let's all, let's back up a little bit. This happened, I think, the end of August, beginning of September. When I heard about it, he threw, he said to me, I threw your name around, Bo. Then what happened after that was I was up on 6th Avenue and uh, 50th Street in Avra, and I was sitting at my table with a couple of the guys with Burke Capone and another guy. I love Burke. And the next, the next table was Melissa. And she goes, oh, you're the guy that's been investigating me. I said, listen to me, dear. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, you're working for Louis. I said, that's bull crap. So I said, where's your oh, husband? Well, let me stop it right there. Melissa, just so you know, is married to Joe Gorga. Joe Gorga happens to be Teresa's brother, Louis' brother-in-law, and the infighting is so bad. They're brothers and sisters Terrible. that when Louis and Teresa got married last summer, Joe and Melissa didn't even go. Terrible. And then I said to Melissa, where's your husband? Oh, he's in a restaurant nearby. I said, tell him to come over here, right? And then all of a sudden he comes over. Joe came in? Yeah, yeah. And then I sit him down. 
And he goes, you know, I hear you investigate. I said, listen to me, Joe, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Wait, Pfizer? did he come on like a tough guy to you? No oh, way. No, 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 no. But he's I, a tough kid, Joe, but not me. with you. <laughs> no, very, very nice. Yeah. First of all, he might think he knows wise guys. This, I outwise guy him anyway, so that's all finished. But here's the point. The point is, it doesn't have to go there. I said to Joe, I said, Joe, this is your sister. Why don't you make night? I'm not talking like the godfather, the Uncle Bo. Make friends with your sister. It hurts me when family fight. It really does, even if it's on the show or not. I said, it, yeah, but it's real. It's unequivocally, it's, it's real. Unequivocally, I have not done anything on you or anybody else. End of story. This is two months ago. Then all of a sudden they have this housewife where they rerun it. Then they go to the show after, and that's when Louis fesses up the show after after the show. The after show, right. That, and that he, he says, I, 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 I just got all stirred up, and I wanted to get people nervous. People love to use, throw my name out. Oh, I'm going to get Bo Deedle. That's what. No, but he said he got Bo Deedle to get dirt. You know what that would cost him for me to do? Seven, eight people to do investigations, like surveillance. Yeah, yeah, you think he's going for that? He ain't going for ten. And I'll say it again: <laughs> we did nothing against any cast members of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And your friend there, what's the name of the guy there that runs all that crap? Andy Cohen. You can, Andy, I could go on your show, Andy. I'll sit with you. I'll tell you all about it. You should. Bullcrap. Because Andy Cohen was on MSNBC yesterday morning. He's got a new book out. Yeah. He's gay, of course, but he's got two children. Yeah. And he's talking about being a daddy. In the meantime, the guy's a devil. Yeah. He, these shows are some of the worst people, and the concepts and the topics and the storylines, well, like you said, they actually put family members against what each other. What pissed me off was before the, the New York Post article, they, I was all over Twitter. Oh, Bo's, uh, Bo's doing this dirty stuff. And I went back. I wouldn't answer Twitter because these morons were on there. Then when Page Six came out and told the truth, I was very elated to the fact that the truth came out. Good. And who do you say think that I still did it? Uh, Margaret Josephs, Frank Catania. Hey, Frank and Margaret, no way, okay? Believe me, don't believe Louie or Joey. Believe Bo Deedle. And if I did it, I wouldn't even talk about I it. I believe Bo It Deedle. didn't happen. End of right. story. Now, yes. yesterday on my podcast, I want everybody to listen to it. The great commissioner, Ray Kelly, was on. When you say the great commissioner. Yes, is it fair to say, and you know, if, uh, if you're, you're all yes. in my 56 years, yes. is he the greatest commissioner in my lifetime? Well, him, I like Bratton. You too. like Bratton too, right? I yeah. like Bratton too, and uh, you know, and the other guy's my friend, uh, Bernie. Oh, Carrick. Bernie Carrick. Carrick is great. Yeah, Car but great. Carrick, got, Carrick was a very good commissioner, but these guys had longitude. They lasted. Yeah. They dealt with the biggest problems. Kelly did it and twice. Could, yeah, yeah. He was in the beginning with, uh, uh, with, uh, uh, the first mayor there, and then he went to uh, Giuliani. He, no. Ju well, Kelly was with no Dinkins, Dinkins. Dinkins. Yes, and then all of a sudden he came back with Bloomberg. Yes. Okay. So now we talked about, it. and it's very what's happening now. We talked about exactly what came out with the Durham report, and you know Kelly is a Clinton guy, Obama guy. He said something on my show, and I want people to listen here. This is the destruction of democracy when the U.S. Attorney's Office. The Justice Department and the FBI are being utilized for political benefits. So you're telling me a liberal police commissioner actually? Well, he was never a liberal. He's an independent. Independent. Now. Okay. I got that out of him yesterday. Okay, fine. I said you're a Democrat. He goes, No, I'm not. I'm an independent. independent. But he actually did sympathize with President Trump. He said this is not 
sympathize. He said, this is a disgrace <laughs> when you use the Justice Department and the FBI for political things. They still got that scenario where they were giving the guy a million dollars, and they wanted to still use that scenario with these hookers peeing on Donald Trump in the Moscow. I mean... In reality, when you look but at Hillary it, Clinton, I, paid for that dossier. How about how about her thirty thousand emails? Why wasn't she prosecuted? We don't know. And right now, people listening, you've got to talk to your friends, everybody. This is the eve of destruction. Remember that song? We're I on do. the eve of destruction. I do. If we don't turn the Congress around and the Senate around and elect. A Republican president that's going to clean up. We just saw they do what they want. I know. And they'll be coming after you, Sid, because you, you know what's going to happen, Sid? They're going to be setting one of those 82,000 IRS jerk-offs after oh, you with their guns and bags. Of course. The fact is America is our freedom. America is our country we love. And that's part of it yeah. is that you have the same rights as I do. Not selective enforcement. <laughs> Where you take the FBI guys, investigate people who are in churches, not yeah. the FBI guys where you go after Trump. And you want to know something? I'm starting to feel for Trump now. Maybe you shut your damn mouth, Trump. Maybe I can support you. Shut up. We know you were the victim. But please shut up, Donald. I hear what Stop you're with your narcissism. Please. Your policies are good. And you should think about that governor, that young blood governor that has your policies in Florida. You think about it. Stop knocking him. Stop calling What does he call him? Ron DeSantis. Oh, enough with that DeSantis. You don't like crap. that. You don't like it. It. I'm, I'm tired of that. Yeah. Now, no, you know, you talk about the beauty of being American, though, but, of course, you have to say that almost, uh, I don't know, sarcastically because there are two separate sets of rules. Yeah. The Democrats and Republicans. By the way, one of the most famous radio call-in people ever, Marianne from Brooklyn, who's been a star from the Howard Stern Show. She's a lovely lady, thought about running for Brooklyn Borough President, listens to Howard Monday through Wednesday, meet Thursday and Friday. She's a huge Bodito fan, and she said, my daughter is all caught up in the housewife stuff. She'll be thrilled to know there's no investigation because they both love Bodito. All right. Know. Now, let's Thank go, you, Marianne. Let's go back to the, the, to the conversations with Commissioner Kelly again. Yeah. We're talking about now, here, I... Bring it out about the gun, you know, prosecute the gun case. Federal, Eastern. federal. Bo, great idea. Gun law, he loves it, loves it. He, I go, well, why is it happening? There's one answer. Garland, the attorney general, you got Blinken that set this whole, this whole scenario against Trump up. You got all these dickheads in the cabinet there, and that's why Garland ain't going to let it happen, because it doesn't fit the scenario. Not that 700 young African-Americans are being gunned down in Chicago every year. Nobody cares about him. Well, Nobody. you have. You've been saying it for 20 now, let's years. Get it. Let's get into it. I just heard, check this out, in the Hamptons, people are on that Airbub shit. Airbub Airbubs, what's that called oh, when you rent your house? Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah. They're being contacted by these brokers to rent their houses for these illegal immigrants. No. Yeah. In the thing, like and by you, the, like Southampton? I'm telling you, in the Hamptons, people are being contacted. Whoa, gets better. Where are the hotel rooms going to be for people, tourists, to come to New York and spend their money when you got Julio Gonzalez sitting in the Helmsley Palace? Come on, stop it. Eric, Eric, please, Eric. I'm, I'm begging you. Yeah, this is your time. If this is your time, it's on the eve of destruction because we're not going to be getting any kind of money coming into the city. Did you hear Where's him say that? Where's the revenue? Did you hear him say that? We got to play this because uh, Bo just brought it up. Uh, Eric Adams, while he's uh, preaching to everybody that it's going to be okay, the migrants, he's yeah. in control. Just play this uh, quickly, uh, yeah. Lewis. This is my time. <laughs> he says, yeah. I'm the guy for the job. I'm the right yeah. guy for the job. I'm the man. Uh, right here, Eric Adams, cut number yeah. eight. Then we'll go back to Bo. 
Listen, folks, easy. We got this. You know, so I want New Yorkers to know I'm made for this moment. I'm the mayor that this moment calls for, and we're going to navigate through this. <laughs> All right, it's going to be very easy. You're made for this moment. You could be the catalyst on the eve of destruction if this <laughs> continues. And right now, you know what? My friend with the red bonnet there, my man. Curtis Lee. Love, bro. I love Curtis Lee. I know. He's my investigative reporter. He is the man. Let me tell you something. Corona, your friend, uh, when it smells like a rat... Walks like a rat. It's a rat. What do you think he left after one year being the chief of staff? Money, 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 money. That Roosevelt Hotel has been locked up for how long? I guarantee he's the broker. He's the broker on the deal. Yes, Frank Caron. What's on your head, Frank? Yeah, Frank. I don't like you because it's it's de Blasio, too. And why isn't the attorney general, Leticia, going after Big Bird and his wife? For stealing that billionaire. What's wrong with that? You'd rather go after Trump. How about investigating Big Bird? You haven't heard a word from Big Bird. You know what? He's sitting there counting his money. Counting his money. He's he's going to be in trouble. And to your point, for all the people that say Jordan Neely never should have been on the street, ended up dead at the hands of Daniel Penny, who was doing something heroic. God bless you, Daniel Penny. If Bill de Blasio's wife, that creep, actually took that billion and a half and spent it on the drive program. She's responsible for not taking care of the mentally ill. That's right. And I'll I'll do it on your She's, she's guilty of murdering Jordan Neely. Hey, Leticia, I know you listen to this show. You're the attorney general. Instead of worrying about who Trump grabbed in a, a fitting room, how about worrying about these these mentally ill people, killing people, pushing people in front of trains, punching them out? How about that? And she's guilty. She's guilty. If she doesn't go after <laughs> Big Bird de Blasio for stealing a billionaire, when I ran for mayor, that's why they wanted Bohush up. Because I wasn't going to be relentless. I was going to be relentless. Now, the other... Jerky thing that's happening right now. Prince Harry, my respect. You were in the service. Thank you for your service. You turned into a real pussy. You know that? <laughs> you, you spoke too many mushrooms. I was just on Nile Farage. He actually said he did cocaine, too. Just so I was know. on Nile's show. Your friend. Oh, I love Nigel Farage. I was on Wait, live. you were on his show in London? Live. From like, yesterday afternoon, live. Wow. Listen to me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to use an English term. Rubbish. This whole thing is rubbish. What kind of security was this security? Stevie Wonder's special security? How do you let your principals run through lights, running fast speeds, two hours? If there was a two-hour chase, you're growing hair on the top of your head. What a bunch of bullcrap. And even Niall said they're trying to get money from, from, from England for the taxpayers. The reality is this is big hogwash. I did the security over there for the Disney special, the Javs. We had Kardashian. We had all these famous people. And the cars go out. When you're doing security for principals, you have two cars. You have two SUVs. The one, and they, the principal's in, and then you have a tail. If you're having problems, the tail car, you know where there's a one-lane street. You go down that street. The tail car stops. Bye-bye, dickhead. You ran half the time. And take the picture of the license plate. This is security. Who ran that security? I want to know. They have a problem with their security. Uh-huh. Said, just imagine, you're you're famous, and yeah. I'm running security for you. And as photographer, well, you love photographers. You would you would have said, both yeah. stop the car, and get out. Yeah, let, let me flex. take some more pictures. Yeah, make sure you take it for a right let side. But what a bull crap story! <laughs> they course. come to New York and they start this crap up. And you know what it's all about, Sid? You know what it's all about? It's all about they're not getting any money for the security. But where did twelve million dollars <laughs> to buy the house? On the Pacific Palisades over the Montecino. You got a lot of money there. What's her name there? The one that ain't, ain't a princess or whatever. Oh, it's Meghan Markle. Yeah, they, they you, took Do her you off. know what Netflix paid them? I'm going to tell you. $20 million? Try again. 
No, don't tell me more than twenty million. You want the answer? Yes, one hundred million dollars. Yep, swear oh. to God, one hundred million from Netflix, and I watched it, so I'm guilty. They paid Harry and Did Megan. You see, Harry said he's like, you know what he's like? He's like he's been. Can I use the word bitch? He's been bitched, bit slapped. <laughs> obviously, obviously, he's a very he's he must have hit those mushrooms really hard. He looks like he's. He's gone for shock therapy. He does. He sits there with that red hair like this. Yeah. Uh, what You can't say period head, right? Why not? Okay. Well, he has so red hair. Want, like Lou. Like Lou. <laughs> Same thing. He has that red hair. And the, basically, he sits there like, I'm sorry, Megan. I'm sorry, yeah. Megan. I love you, Megan. He does. I love you very much. It was like when Mike Tyson did that uh, primetime interview with his wife. I think it was Barbara Walters. Yeah. And he was so medicated that whatever Robin Gibbons said, he was like, yeah. Yeah, that's I, Prince Harry. I think, I think we covered a lot of st- a lot of oh, stuff. Oh, we did tonight. everything. It was but great. Again, let's go to the main thing. The main issues are this immigration. If, if if it's your time, Mayor Eric Adams, you better control this. This is going out of control. Your revenues for your tourism will go out the window. Nobody will come. There won't be a room available in New York. <laughs> and, and all these all these all these people getting free stuff will be in them. I have to laugh because it's. You see it happening. I know. It's happening. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing is the real scary part, yeah. and you have to tell your friends, too, whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, if we don't change this direction, you got Alejandro, <laughs> that Mayorkas, that idiot. Then you got Bill, Bill, what's his name, Secretary of State, that Blinken. Blinken, who was in Alaska. So sorry, so sorry to the Chinese, right? Next thing is that idiot. And then you got Garland, this no balls. He's the head of the Justice Department. That's why the FBI are all in order. Comey should have handcuffs on him. Every one of them should have been indicted. Durham, what happened to your balls, Durham? You did a report. Why didn't you indict some of these? This shocky guy, the one that was banging that bro. What was his name? Uh, Peter Strzok. That Strzok. Lisa was, Page, yes. Yeah, they were doing banging tension. <laughs> they should have been indicted for bringing false information to a Pfizer warrant. Yep. That is a felony. Where are the charges? Why aren't they charged? No, but you'll go after Donald Trump for allegedly grabbing a woman 35 years ago Please. in a conference Please. room. Oh, and you'll go after Trump. What's the other idiot thing that they're working on right now? They're, oh, uh, not enough taxes. Why don't you go after people that are lying to Congress <laughs> and committing perjury? Please. We have to take this country back. I agree. And I don't care if you like Trump or not. If he's going to be the candidate, we have to support him. If he's not the candidate, we have to support the great governor from Florida. Just so you know, the, uh, the beautiful Danielle, who you're very close with, said, My God, Bo is hilarious today. I agree, Bo's hilarious every Thursday. And Bo, being the great New Yorker that he is, who's at his table at Rayo's tonight? Seven illegals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got 70,000 migrants in New York. 120,000 rooms in New York. There ain't going to be a room to stay. So if you want to come to New York... You're going to have no vacancy on all the hotels. And then they want to come out to the Hamptons now. I should move them all into my house. Use the pool. Use the hot tub. Go for a swim. And I'll make some rice and beans. Get out of my city, all right? Go somewhere else. 7.40 every Tuesday, 9.05 every Thursday. That's the genius of America's, I should say, New York's favorite, Bo Dito. We'll be right back. I'm sitting right in the morning then. Full of senators don't pass legislation And marches alone can't bring integration When human respect is disintegrating This whole crazy world is just too frustrating
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy, this is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. This kind of freaked me out. I was I was reading an article how how like a lot of car manufacturing companies now are eliminating AM radio from the radios. Yes, yes that's uh, it was announced a while ago, and now it's actually happening. They're just not going to put an AM radio in there. I think that's wrong. I'll tell you why. Because. Uh, I'm a fan of AM. Like, okay, I don't listen to AM radio anymore. I don't listen to any radio. I listen to satellite. I really mm-hmm. do not listen to radio. I'm but I same. also don't, I don't drive a lot. And sometimes, like, talk shows and stuff are kind of cool on AM radio. And I don't know. It seems to me they're, see, I'm one of those believers that AM radio could have a resurgence if they got the right people thinking outside the box with that thing. It's like a kind of an interesting medium. Now, if car well, I dealers... think that one of the things that has happened, Howard, is that AM radio stations are often owned by companies that have an FM station in the same town, and sometimes they just simulcast. Yeah, but both, this is like um, uh, programming on the say, you know, on each station. To me, it's like, um, like you know how like a lot of cab drivers in New York have like lost money because they bought those medallion licenses because uber's around now and it's like what about all those guys who bought am radio stations then if they're not available in car i mean that's it the game is over that's where people listen to am radio they don't listen to it that was yesterday's howard stern show we had mark chernoff Long-time genius executive at WFAN talking about AM radio on this show about a month ago. And Rosanna Scotto just talked about it on Channel 5 and mentioned WABC and me, Sid Rosenberg, specifically in her argument to keep AM radio alive. And she's right. I mean, in the 12-plus category, I destroy FM radio stations every morning. AM, it's not even close. Like any any show you mention AM, I triple them. Basically, maybe outside of Simone, who I still beat handily, I triple everybody else. But FM stations, I beat too. But John Katzmatidis invested in this AM station, and uh, he's done a tremendous job. John, Margot, Chad, Emily, the whole crew, and this station is doing very, very well. But there was uh, we need legislation, is what we need, you know. And, and John went out there to Vegas and to a conference and. He's cut some PSAs. Mike Pence cut a PSA. And yesterday, Dan Donovan, excuse me, Dan, Dave Donovan, Dave Donovan, joined Katz and Cosby and talked about radio legislation, specifically AM radio legislation, where it seems to be getting overwhelming, and I mean overwhelming, bipartisan report. In fact, in this interview piece I'm going to play for you, Donovan mentions Six different politicians, three Republicans, three Democrats, 
Dave Donovan last night, Carson Cosby, courtesy of WABC Cup 14. This is great news for AM listeners, for your listeners and other, and the 82 million people in the United States that rely on AM. Um, a bill was introduced today called the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act. And as you said, it was a bipartisan bill in both the House and the Senate. And if you look at this, in the Senate, it was introduced by Ed Markey and endorsed by Ted Cruz. <laughs> it was signed on to by um, Senator Ben Ray Lujan, out of Democrat out of New Mexico, and also signed on to by J.D. Vance, Republican out of Ohio. <laughs> Timmy Baldwin is on there as a Democrat out of Wisconsin, and Deb Fisher, Republican out of Nebraska in the House. Josh Goffmeyer out of, uh, as, you, as you've had on the, the station before, Republican out of New Jersey. But you also have Rob Menendez, Democrat out of New Jersey, has signed on. There you have it. Bipartisan support right there. Republicans, Democrats. We're going to keep AM radio alive. Now, as I said earlier this morning, that doesn't mean I don't want John to purchase an FM station. <laughs> I do. Listen, WFAN, Boomer in the morning, he's on AM 660 and FM. 1010 wins. They're on AM 1010 and 92.3, right? FM used to be K-Rock. ESPN, you know, Mr. Uh, a good friend Michael K in the afternoons. They're on AM and FM. So would I want to be on both? Um, what kind of silly question is that? Of course. But the demise the death of AM radio, which I've heard about now. I've been in this business. This is my 25th year, 25 years. Most of my work solo in both Miami and New York. I've heard about the demise of AM radio forever. And I'm telling you right now, folks, it ain't going nowhere. It just ain't. We are going to traffic here, and then we'll take a contestant for Sid's take. Here's my guy, the great Joe Nolan. Joseph. Well, heading out onto the Van Wyke northbound up at Northern Boulevard, City Field, where you all are going later on today. Again, a disabled. That's in the left lane. If you're on the Major Deegan on the southbound side of 149th Street, there is a crash there. And on the northbound side, emergency vehicles in the left lane. So you've got delays both ways now on the Major Deegan coming into this one. Good news on the LIE. That earlier accident at Francis Lewis Boulevard is out of the way. Same thing westbound on Route 4. Uh, that earlier dump truck accident now is finally completely cleared up and out of the way. And then up in Westchester County on the Bronx River Parkway southbound coming into Crane Road. Again, we still have that collision still being cleared. Much better on the subways. We still have delays on the A, the G, and the F, but everything else now back on or close. And mass transit other than that, including all the commuter rails running on or close to schedule. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you, Joseph. Another yeah. great day for you. Let's, you. Uh, you're welcome. Let's get ourselves a contestant for today's Sid's Take game brought to you by Pete Morgan, who uh, is kind enough. He's going to have me, my son Gabriel, Justin Lewis, all of us out at City Field this afternoon for a Mets Rays matinee. Thank you, Pete. Pete is Mr. Peerless Boilers. Check them out today, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build the world's best boilers. What's uh, today's game, Justin, quickly? Today's game is uh, three for Thursday. Three for Thursday. Three clues. So I'll give you the same thing we did last week. I'll give you three words. You're going to have to tell me the word that finishes each of the three words. Orgasmic. Yeah. Sid's Take brought to you by Pete Morgan, hosted by Justin Alec, is coming up next.
It's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take! Sid's Take, yeah! Good luck! It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. What's today? Thursday. Thursday morning, Friday Eve edition of the Peerless Spoilers Sid's Take Trivia Game. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. To find a deal near you. They're the world's best built boilers. Our contestant for the game today, we got a first timer out there, Jeffrey. He's in Brooklyn. What's going on, Jeff? Everything's great. Uh, looking forward. Yeah, yeah, we'll have some fun. It is Thursday, which means it's your three for Thursday uh, version of the game. So I'll give you three words. We'll do the same. Uh, kick this off last week. Tried to do a fun little new version of the three for Thursday game where I give you three words, Jeff, and you've got to give me the common word or the rest of the word or the completion of these three words that is common with the three words that I give you. Uh, what? Did that sound got confusing? It. Did that, that sound confusing, or did that sound kidding? understandable? I, it sounded like Gordon Chang was uh, talking about radiation coming to the country. <laughs> what? Just, uh, just one word is in common with the three that Justin's going to mm, give you. Mm-hmm, That's it. Mm-hmm. That's a little vague, but I guess it, I guess it can work, Lewis. It's not vague. It's exactly what it is. Well, we'll find out. Let's see if Jeff understands the concept of the game. Yeah, I'm going to get well, you to well, a good I'll, doctor. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right, <Jesus>. Jeff. <laughs> Number one for you, Jeff. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Number one. Play, middle, solid. Play, middle, solid. Uh, uh. Jeff! Jeff, are you there? I don't know. He doesn't know. Now he's going to get him. Here we go, Jeff. The uh, correct answer there would be ground. Playground. Middle ground. Solid ground. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. Wow, I can't believe Justin's explanation didn't help you before. (laughs) (laughs) It was so clear. (laughs) I thought it was was clear. All right. You take one word, you make it with the third word. Then you have the word that's completely like the other word. Well, because let me ask you one question there, Lewis. Uh, Is playground one word or two words? I don't care. Your explanation was, like, for somebody who just came into the world from another planet. Well. It was easier to just But your explanation would imply that there is two words to oh, each God, gonna, uh, combination. I wonder here. if I can call Pete Morgan and back out now. <laughs> oh, we got a long ride to City Field coming up. I mean, no, it's it's going to be a lot quicker than Hold hands. All right, Jeff, uh, we do have a caller on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Jeff. Here we go. Sweat window. And body. That window and mm-hmm. Pain? No. Uh, I'm doing great. Correct answer there would be shop. Sweatshop, window shop, body shop. Uh, on two. Do three. Do we do uh, three for Thursday, three for Tuesday, two for Tuesday on Thursday? Yeah, I like that better. <laughs> that would have been better off for you, eh? But you still got three oh left. God. You can still go three for five here. Yeah, all right. You got a shot. Get one. Yeah, look at uh, they only get harder. Don't worry about it. <laughs> On to number three. Oh, Your uh, three words for number three: fish, hair, and safety. Net. Nice. <laughs> Fishnet, hairnet, safety net. Very nice. Yeah, he got it. On to number four. <laughs> I, I, I guess I uh, understand the game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. On to number four. 
ice, uh-huh. face, sour. Ice face, face, ice and sour. Ice face and sour. Here we go. Calling Jeff. Oh uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Uh, three. Mm. There. Two. Oh. Anyone? 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 No. No. Correct answer there would be cream. Ice cream, face cream, sour cream. On to number five. Oh, my God. In an attempt to go two for five, Jeff. Draw, ham, shoe. String. Wow. Wow. Very nicely done, Jeff. Two for five. That's not bad. Not bad. I thought they get more difficult. <laughs> Uh, well, I think, I guess they're all pretty, no, pretty hard. According to Justin, of course, yeah. life is difficult. It's a very so, difficult yeah, life. It's very difficult. <laughs> very good, difficult life I lead. Good God. I mean, I'm just going to stay on hold here. Are you ready to go? I am ready. No, My leg is killing me. Yeah, well, it was okay this morning. It's starting to hurt again. What is that, your hamstring? Yeah. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Please don't, don't start the winking. I got it all afternoon. Oh, yeah. Stop. Yeah. Here we go. Number one. Well, be nice. Do something. Rub it or do something. My God. Rub it. I'm doing something now. I'll rub it, you know, when I usually do it. You know the time. Yeah. Should we rub it with some face cream? (laughs) Yeah, sure. That'd be great. (laughs) How many guys get right? Two. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Number one. Play. (laughs) Middle. Solid. What was the final word? Solid. Solid? Solid. Yes. Play. Middle. Solid. Wow. He got this one right, this guy? No. Nope. Nope. Ground. Oh! Spectacular. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> we just tricked you. Just wanted to be, yeah. you know, Fugazi. Of course you got it. I got to be the smartest guy. Seriously. You could Come be. on. You could Seriously. Be. Yeah, you could be. You, you I mean, could. I, I can't name every president like my late great friend Bernard did. God bless his soul. I miss him and love him, but... There's not a topic I can't talk about. Not one. Right. Not one. Even with that hamstring, yeah. nothing. Stops well, I've got a horrible that hamstring yeah. that you can, horrible. you can probably not. fix it with a shoestring. <laughs> What's number two, guys? Might even really rub some sour cream on it. <laughs> on to number two. Sweat. Sour cream. What am I? A fajita? Yeah. <laughs> Window he's, he's, and he's body. Stupid. Don't listen. Sweat. Window. Mm-hmm. And body. Yes. See, I thought of open window, but that's not right because open sweat doesn't make sense. Right. Um. Um, I'm going to go with, um, sill, like uh, windowsill. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't, uh, so excited. So long. Correct answer. That would be shop. Sweatshop. Window shop. Body shop. Oh, okay. On the number Damn, three. Damn. That yeah. was so stupid. What's a sweat sill? No, it doesn't exist. Not I'm not thing. smart at all. I thought I was so smart. I'm a moron. <laughs> you dummy. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> On the number three. One for two. He's batting 500. Could have five pages. <laughs> I was so yeah, excited, yeah. too. <laughs> I know. Hey, look, there's a window sill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Fish. Hair. Safety. Fish. Hair. Safety. Mm. It's a hard one or easy one? Uh, it's one of the easier ones. <laughs> one of the easier ones. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I know it. Yeah. Is it easy? Should I get it? <laughs> oh, God. I thought it spray with hair, but of course, it's no spray fish. What's the third uh, clue? Safety. 
Safety. Mm. How about dance? No, that's not going to work. <laughs> what do you mean, safety dance? And uh, fish, dance? Fish. Uh, there's a fish dance. Fish dance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but more commonly would be uh, the more common bond would be net. Fish oh, net. net. Hair net, safety net. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Later, you'll do a hair dance? It's a oh, hard game. Yeah, it's not yeah. easy. No. no. It's easier for Lewis. He seems to think it's uh, easy. It's easy for you because you wrote it. You come off such an obnoxious prick like uh, the guy that he's, he's dead now. He's through Jeopardy. The guy yeah. He knew every answer beforehand. Uh, no, if you heard the explanation, he gave Jeopardy Yeah, well, I was just <laughs> trying to make him understand. <laughs> uh, what's right. number four? I can still win if I get the last yeah. two right. Number four. Ice. Face. Face. And Sour. Mm. Ice, mm-hmm. face, mm-hmm. and sour? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always think of sour shoes. I can't help it. I loved him on Howard Howard show. Okay. Um, well, Susan. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. Ice, mm-hmm. face. You know it. And the last one was what? Sour, sour. shoes. Sour. Sour, right. right. Cream. Oh! <laughs> That was an easy one. And, yeah, you're welcome, by yeah. the way, subconsciously. The, or I've the been, Kevin Costner movie Field of. Yes. Yeah. Subconsciously, I've been putting all the, I've been, uh, subconsciously, I've been putting all the answers in your head. Well, then one more. Let's go. Draw. How do you say it? Draw. Like D-R-A-W? Yes. Why do you what, talk like a tar? Yeah, what is what a draw? <laughs> draw. You're saying it like you're from West Virginia. Right. The hell's the matter draw. with you? Draw. 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 Right. Okay. Okay. I, not... I don't understand. This is actually draw. Interesting because yeah. I, I don't understand. It's draw. Yeah, right. right Good. Who are you, Dolly Parton? <laughs> draw. draw. Thank you, Lou. Number two. Draw. Right. Ham. Ham. I, uh, shoe. Shoe again? No shoe. No, this is your first time getting shoe. <laughs> oh, sour shoes. That's right. You're right. You're right. Uh, ham, shoe, and draw. And draw. Oh my God. Ham, <laughs> shoe, uh-huh. and draw, oh, and draw. Yes. How do I describe watching you guys look at everybody? Sandwich! No. Oh. <laughs> Is that a ham sandwich? Drawstring. Hamstring! Oh, ham. I should have gotten that. I've got an injury to my hamstring. Yes! Really? I do! There's I something hear. personal to this. I know! No, no, I saw the ham sandwich. Gave you that answer early on. <laughs> yeah, in the game. I forgot about it. All right, we played through a two-two tie, brilliantly written, I must say, by Justin <laughs> Ellick, and a great hosting job by Justin Ellick too. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. Yeah. We will come back and wrap things up before we head to City Field in Queens to see our match take on the Rays this afternoon. We shop and close, sitting friends in the morning. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. That's funny, Safety Dance. This is uh, easily one of the worst songs ever, ever. Oh, it's a great song. No, it's not. Really? Tremendous. Why, because you don't know how to spell safety from this song? Because he actually says S-S-A-A-A-A. How, were, were you spying on my childhood? How do you know how that's <laughs> Yeah. You don't know everything, see? We can dance if we want to. <laughs> 
I get these uh, messages from people like, oh, this is Aaron Beningo, Joe Beningo's daughter. We got our little thing together tomorrow night at the Hackensack Brewery. Lori loved our show today and loved that last segment. Everybody loves the show, but um, it's over. So, <laughs> See ya. We're going to go to uh, City Field. Me, Lewis, and Justin. Gabriel's on his way here to the office. And uh, Pete Morgan, Charlie Marino, I love you too, buddy. Love you a lot. And I'll go watch the Mets. Maybe the Mets can actually string together two straight wins. We've got a huge show coming up tomorrow. We want you all to be here dark and early at 6. And then uh, feel free to join us at the Hackensack Brewery tomorrow night. Either way, thank you for listening today. From all of us on Sitting Friends in the Morning to all of you until 6 a.m. on a Friday, let's go Mets.